That's that's alright. I'm just I'm just hitting record on places. Oh, okay, yet. okay. Well, yeah, I was doing this episode of Keep Nintendo Weird, and uh, uh, it was with uh, my friend Jonathan Holmes, and he we were doing an episode about No More Heroes, and in we're we're doing it over Zoom. Normally, I would do it mm. over like Discord or something back then. And he was like, yeah, I don't like Discord. Can we use Zoom? I was like, sure, you know, whatever. And we we sit down and I'm recording it and whatever. And he's like, hey, do you mind if I record it too? I was like, I mean, sure, I guess. Like, why not? And uh, thank God he was because my <laughs> power went out in the oh. middle of it. Like yeah. in the middle of us chatting, there was like this huge thunderstorm outside. And I lost power for a good like 10 minutes. And thankfully, he was recording. So when my power came on, I was able to just pop back in, and it was it was actually nice. So ever since then, anytime I guest anywhere, I always record my own backup just to be safe. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that was lucky. It It was. was I was thankful. Because how how does the audio work with Zoom? Like, is it was it good enough to use? It was. Yeah, it was. It was usable. Yeah. Yeah. Better than nothing. Better than losing everything. You could tell, like (laughs) you you could tell, it wasn't as good as you know if you were recording normally, but it it wasn't bad. Mm. It worked, you know. Yeah. So yeah, I liked it. It was it was nice, and Zoom does this thing too because I also I was recording it differently than he was because Zoom you can either have like a side by side like this here, or you can have it do this like auto thing where whoever's talking takes up the whole screen like a Google Hangouts. Oh, kind yeah, of thing yeah. and he was doing it that way and i was doing it the other way so it's interesting if you go back and watch the video version of that episode it is his video so it's like us swapping back and forth which is weird it's weird for me to go back and watch those old things too because like i didn't have any lighting i didn't have like i was just <laughs> my office is horrible like like normal lighting i got a light like right above my head it looked terrible and I had a way worse webcam than I do now, so it's hard for me to go back and watch that stuff. But you know, it is what it is. Yeah, it was well, nice. It was lucky. It's, it's good. It's progress on on yeah. your behalf. Just slowly, uh, you know, getting big your, time, getting your gear upgrades and all that as big you time. as you go along. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I, I know for me, I can. <laughs> I'm at the point now where I'm probably buying more gear than I need. <laughs> like I've got more. <laughs> you know, you just like becomes like a hobby, just like getting the just gear getting together. It. Just collecting it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's like, all right. <laughs> Whatever makes you happy, dude. Yeah, yeah I at guess. The end of the day. I guess. I just, yeah. I've got like this uh, professional studio that I just never use. <laughs> 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 may, as well, may as well lease it out or something. Was, yeah, come that, on down well, to... Might not be a bad idea. House of Mario Studios. Make it the actual House of Mario. Make a little bit of cheddar cheese off of that, dude. That's right. It's like, well, the business is coming to record a uh, commercial in, a, in my yeah. spare bedroom. Yeah, that's right. There, there was, um, there's a. I, I feel like I keep derailing this entire thing. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's all good. I, the, uh, there, the, um, I don't know if you ever saw. Did you ever watch like Comic Book Men, like the Kevin Smith produced no, show? No, I haven't. I've, yeah. I, I missed a lot of uh, Kevin Smith stuff. I've been meaning to. Yeah. I wanted to go back and watch. Uh, was it Clerks? But I just I couldn't find it. Real like Clerks one, the first yeah, one. Yeah, it was not oh. on any on any streaming service. So I'm like, oh well. Oh damn! Yeah, it's, that's one of one of my favorite movies ever. But he he produced this like kind of Pawn Stars esque show called Comic Book Men, and they mm. uh, that show was bred off of a podcast that I've been listening to for like fifteen years called Tell Him Steve Dave, and um, 
they the the people that made that created like a podcast studio where you can go it's in the new jersey area mm. and you can go in there and pay them and record and produce your podcast from from their studio which is uh which is interesting it's an interesting like business model because it's like if i if i wanted to if somebody really wanted to pay money to like start up and have a professionally produced and like a good environment with good audio and equipment and stuff and they're set up for video and everything else um be worse ways of doing it <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> you know yeah so- sometimes so, when i'm like going down the main street of our town i look and see like a vacant building and i look in there i'm like wouldn't that be cool to just like almost what kind of funny dude <laughs> like right. just like do the big setup in there and you could do something like that where you could like lease it out people could come in but in like a, a rural town how many people are looking to do their podcast and how, how many people would you need to get through to pay the bills and mm, yeah know, i'd imagine a, a fair bit but you look at some of these places in the city though that do that they charge a fair bit to get people in yeah. to do a podcast because i guess they they pretty much just like they do the editing and just do the whole podcast people just come in and do their thing they just come in home. and do it yeah mm-hmm. yeah like, you're like their producer and editor and everything as well you're mm-hmm. sitting there on the boards and making sure everything's running okay i reckon that'd be fun i'd, I'd actually i think so a, too get a massive kick out of that i reckon it'd be awesome i would too it'd be super fun i have a friend of mine who edits the uh the game informer podcast and it's funny because he he um he edits their show and he'll like post about it and he's just also like just a fan of the show He's like, so I get to like <laughs> listen to it in like a different way because I'm editing it and stuff. And I'm like, I think it would be kind of fun to edit other people's podcasts. I've, I've done that a couple of times at Carpool when because mm-hmm. um, typically whoever does their their shows also edits their shows. So like I edit the Nintendo Drive and Ryan does Xbox Drive and RPG Cave and stuff. And Matt does PlayStation Drive. Um, but every now and then. Um, somebody will like hit me up and say like, Hey, like, I don't have time to edit this. Can you knock this out real quick or whatever? And, uh, it is kind of fun to like, listen to somebody else's podcast and edit it, you know? So something fun about that. You ever think about stitching them up? Like, Oh, look, I'm going to just like clip out a real good point and make them look like an <laughs> asshole. <laughs> just, yeah. Just like make, just take things completely out of context. <laughs> yeah. Just funny. shuffle it around. Just you yeah. gave me the keys, baby. This is what you get. That's what you get. <laughs> yeah. No, I've, I've, yeah, I've never tinkered around with um, anyone else's podcast. It's always been mine. And typically it's like, if, if there's something in, you know that needs to be done, you know where to go. Mm-hmm. Whereas like if someone else is, you got to listen through the whole thing. Oh, look, they, they then you got to pause it for a bit and think to yourself, eh, yeah, I'll get rid of that or I'll leave yeah. that. It'll be a slow process, I would imagine. I'd, I don't know how much I'd like just uh, going through like a four-hour podcast. Can you imagine a four-hour podcast just going through all that? I've, I've, who does those? Who, who yeah. can record a podcast for that long? <laughs> what insane person can put out a podcast that long? I don't understand. Uh, well, I guess uh, <laughs> not you guys anymore. You do a uh, one hour one and one two hour. We one. split it now. Yeah, yeah. it's nice. It, it I, dude, I love it. I really love that change. I, yeah. It has worked out really well for me, actually. I agree. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love it. I, I was um, I can't remember what I said on the Patreon, but I remember I was like a little bit like, oh, I'm not sure. Like, yeah, but, like seeing it in the feed, I'm like, yeah, this is great because I like, yeah. Yeah, I just like I listen to that when I've got an hour, and I listen to that when I've got two hours. And I'm yeah. able to like sort of sync it up, and you're able to interact with the audience differently on the live stream. Totally. 
and not yes. have to worry about it feeling weird and the thing like no it works great man it works great thank you yeah it it, it was interesting because like uh eric is a very like um he's he's a more change averse than i am because me i'm like screw it blow it up let's do what whatever you know let's do all this crazy stuff but and he's like well actually let's think about this for a second and um I had actually been talking about doing that for like a long time and, uh, and we'd been bouncing back and forth kind of like what that looks like and blah, blah, blah. Um, cause it, it's so funny because like when you, when you look at like, uh, all end versus the Nintendo drive, like all end, everything is so well considered. Like every piece of it is so thought about and it's mm. like professional and like put together. Nintendo drive is like, uh, court, told me the other day he's like it's the seinfeld of podcasts it's the show about nothing <laughs> you know he's like which yeah, is great they're both great but they're yeah, very yeah. different flavors you know and um so is, so eric yeah. eric brings that to all end though like it is all end is like that because of eric he brings that structure and that mm. sort of like balance because i i am very i will just blow it up and play with it and break it and stuff so it's nice, like I was able to sort of get him into that mode a little bit with mm -hmm. with the change, and it's been really cool uh, to see how well it works. I really like it a lot. Yeah, so get that military man just putting down his foot. That's like, it. This is what we're doing. Totally structured. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally. He and he has he is like the military background, pro professional broadcaster. Like he is used to. He, he told me once, he's like, I could not do a show like the Nintendo Drive. He's like, I just couldn't, you know? <laughs> and, and I'm like, I, I get it, you know? Like, it's not, he, he is just a buttoned up, you know, very prepared dude. And uh, and and I, I appreciate that about him when it comes to All In, because I think I kind of need that. Like, All In is the way it is because of him, thousand percent, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, shout out to Eric. Eric. Yeah, no, shout out to Eric. He's great. He's um, he's just uh, wonderful to listen to. Like, I, I just, I really do love your show, man. All in. Thank you. Just uh, yeah, just been really enjoying it. Just like it's so, I'm so inspired by it. Even like what you guys do, the creativity you guys put into it with all your segments and that. I think yeah. to myself, like, oh, like every week, like you come out, you have a segment, well, multiple segments with like lists, and it's all organized, and yeah, just absolutely fantastic. Yeah, I appreciate that. That that's all him. Like the the lists and stuff. That was his idea. Like yep. when we when we put that show, to, he was like, we should do like a top five uh, every week. And like we we both knew that we wanted indies to be a big focus of it. He was big on like um, making sure we got interviews on like a consistent or like guests and stuff on a consistent basis. Because um, for me, I never saw that as being something very important. But like. He was right. Like, I, I love doing that for the show. And like, we've had um, some amazing guests on the show and we've been able to do some like really cool interviews and stuff. And like, whenever I think back to some of my favorite moments doing that show, it is stuff like that. And mm -hmm. that's all him. That's like all thanks to him. He, he feels like he, um he's kind of like in the background a bit more because I'm kind of the loud vocal one. I'm the one on the YouTube channel and I'm in everybody's face and I'm like, hi, it's me. And, uh, and he's a little bit more quiet in the background. And yep. so, but people don't realize how much, you know, pro honestly, like probably more than 50% of the DNA of all N is him. Like he, like so much of it, he came up with the name, like he, it, it is, it, he's a lot. It, it's our baby through and through. He is a lot of that show. So, yeah.
for sure. That stuff was all him. All all that like prepared stuff and top fives and that that was Eric. So yeah, nice. I wouldn't have come up with that. <laughs> so what 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 do you reckon you would have done if uh if if it was you sort of like, all right, we're gonna do a Nintendo podcast, how are we gonna go about tackling it? 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 Honestly, it would probably be just way more free form. Like it, it probably would have just been much more like loose, um, kind of like keep Nintendo weird is, or like the Nintendo drive is. I just, um, I, I have done podcasts for, for a long time and I've never like, I've never come into it with that kind of like polished broadcaster mindset that he has where he comes into it and he's like, it needs to be segments. It needs to be this and that. And like, he's, he's right. And ultimately that is what makes all in unique is, is that stuff. Yeah. Um, that's what makes it different from your normal Nintendo podcast. All in, if it were just me, all in would be a much more like normal, I guess, Nintendo podcast. Like it would sound like everything else, frankly. So, um, and, and that's just, I think, as a result of like him not being because before doing all in, it's he he doesn't have a history in like podcasts. He doesn't really listen to podcasts or anything like that. And I actually value that quite a lot because mm. for me, like you almost pick up like bad habits from other people or you feel like you're doing an impression of other people. Like I got into podcasting because of like Kevin Smith. I was telling you earlier, I can't remember if we were recording earlier about this or not, but uh, tell them Steve, Dave, idle thumbs is probably my biggest inspiration for podcasting. These are like old podcasts and really just doing an impression of them, <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, <laughs> but he doesn't have any of that. Mm. Like he, he has none of that. So like he brings, it's an interesting marriage of like my history with like podcasts and podcasting and his history with professional broadcasting does, I think, give it a unique flavor um, that just wouldn't exist if he was not a part of it. Like he's a super important part of it. So, yeah, yeah absolutely. And like what what you said about a um sort of uh, I guess uh, interpreting other people. Like when I started off, I was I, I was listening to IGM podcasts and a lot of like mm-hmm. podcasts beyond and stuff. So I'm like, oh, you know, how do we, how do you intro a podcast? Uh, you right. know, what's up? What's up, everybody? And right. Uh, and eventually, I'm like, well, I, I want to be able to intro it how I want to intro it. So I do it a little bit differently, I guess now, but thousand percent. What when I but, when I do keep Nintendo weird, I, I say keep Nintendo weird like they say beyond. Sort of like they say beyond, you know, and I'm like keep Nintendo <laughs> yeah. weird. It's it's I mean we're all just, you know, you, you have those points of order and those inspirations and I, I everything is bred out of something else, I think ultimately. Like you have to have that spark somewhere to be inspired by somebody and twist it and make it your own thing to your point. So yeah, it's interesting, man. No, absolutely. And uh, I guess uh, the inspiration will continue to come on for the rest of our lives as we're taking in other people's content and um, keep going with our own. That's right. That's right. Anyway, sorry for the, the like 15-minute derailment here. As we're, I didn't know. I was like, man, I didn't want to like stop him from doing any sort of intro or something like that. Oh, but, that's uh... not, no worries at all, man. <laughs> I guess I guess I better do that though before before that's, it becomes okay. um nice it comes old net. cold open there yeah <laughs> before you like you tap in your watch be like oh shit <laughs> has the show started yet Jesus <laughs> we're like waiting for a band to start like come on it's cold right. out here <laughs> we're just like 
few more measures, you guys. We got it going. Keep it just a just another guitar tune up. We, we swear we're we'll be <laughs> we're on our way. Promise. <laughs> All right, I might as well do one. Might as well introduce right. it. Do it. Good day, everybody. How you going? No. <laughs> <laughs> you got to do the classic Drew. The classic good day, everybody. Okay, okay, I'll try that one. Eh? Get don't everybody. hurt your throat doing it though. <laughs> yeah, don't that's do true. That. I don't want to bust the throat <laughs> or wake up the kid. That's the worst bit. I'll bust the throat. I don't, don't <laughs> yeah. want to wake up the baby. Um, that'd be the worst bit. But uh, yeah, good day, everybody, and welcome to the house of Mario. And uh, this is something a little bit different. We're having a sleepover. This is a sleepover at the house of Mario. New guest spot that I'm opening up. The very first one is my good friend, Seth Sturgill, from the All End Nintendo podcast and Carpool Gaming. Seth, welcome to the show. It's great to have you here. Hey, buddy. Good to be here. I, I'm honored to be your first your first sleepover, dude. Look at yeah. us having a sleepover. We're painting our nails. <laughs> we're swap. We're gossiping. We're, we're swapping stories. We're, you know, look, look at us going here. <laughs> <laughs> mm. I was sort of thinking, like, should I call it sleepover, or like a slumber party? Slumber party sounds right. a little bit more adult. I don't know. That sounds a little bit more. That's true. Like a little we, bit. Um, more... have, have you ever done a uh, like a lock-in? Have you ever done one of those? Like at a pub? I don't know. If it well, it's it's interesting. I don't know if this is an American thing or not, but um, we, we were talking earlier about like the differences, like cultural differences between like America and Australia. Here in America. It's not uncommon at all for a school or a church or something to do like what's called a lock-in where it's like this massive sleepover slumber party or something where you're just in like the gymnasium of the school, the church like annex or something like that. And just everybody's hanging out in there watching movies, playing games, whatever it is. And yeah, it's like a massive slumber party, a lock-in. Yeah. I've done that once and that's because a school camp got canceled, but... Apart from that, that that was uh, that was about it. But um, it wasn't even that exciting. We like just slept in the classroom and watched movies. Like it was fun. It was fun. It was a good. It felt weird to be at school at night time. Right. Yep. Uh, but apart from that, it was a it was a little bit disappointing because I think we eventually went on camp, and I remember that school camp. I was grade five, and I just remember it because they did not feed us. <laughs> I was so <laughs> oh, hungry. No. We were starving, and. Uh, <laughs> How it worked is we all, like, all our parents basically, like, put an amount of food in. So it just went towards, like, the, the hoard of food that we ate mm. on the three, four nights that we were at school camp. And we just got mm. barely any of it. I remember watching the teachers eat, like, two tacos. We had, like, one, like, one taco. I'm like, come oh. on. And we get back and uh, we have, like, a, a class party with all of the food that we had left over. And there was so much food left over. And we were so angry at the teachers. Like, oh my God, we were starving for days. And it was it was like a, um, well, down the beach. So it was like a real active camp. So we're starving. Like we're burning energy. We're starving. We're, little, we're kids. Burning yeah. that. We got no fat in our bones. We got no fat reserves to dive into. So it was just all about, yeah. So that's what I remember from the sleepover Dude. at the school anyway. Yeah, I, I've had moments like that for sure. We would do um, the the go to is people would would get like pizza, like a pizza party or whatever, and they would um, their their classic move is they would take you know pizza's already cut up into x amount of pieces or whatever, but then they would take those slices and cut those in half, or cut the slices so you would get these thin tiny little like 
weird looking pizza slices so that they could spread it around to more kids, save money, whatever it is they're doing. But at the end of it, like you have these four little like mini slices, but really you've only had like a slice of pizza. And so it looks like you've had a lot, but you haven't. And so like you, uh, you wind up like I, I, I resonate with that quite a bit because I had a couple moments like that where it's like, dude, like I'm like hungry. Like you guys just give us this little like ration of pizza or whatever. And yeah. And uh, meanwhile, you look at the, the adults and they've got full slices <laughs> and they're doing ridiculous stuff, like putting all these toppings on it and whatnot. And Yeah. Oh, I'm just imagining like a little sliver of pizza. Yeah, like, it was a like sliver. Spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's not that far off. Like just thin little slices and you just like, you know, eat it real quick and like that's it. By the end of it, you've actually had like a slice of pizza. <laughs> so funny, man. Oh, man. Yeah. It, it, it reminds me of like, uh, I guess like just sleepover memories in general, like playing video games and that at friends. Do you have any like a uh, good sleepover memories? I think this is going to be something I want to sort of do when I talk to people on this part of the show, where it's just like, let's talk about I some sleepover it. memories and talk yes. about, you know, some, some of the games that we might've played um, over at friends places. So is there anything that comes to mind for you? Big time. I, so this is probably my number one thing. I've got a million little like sleepover memories, but the biggest one for me is probably Shout outs to my friend Jacob. I'll have to send this to him whenever it goes live. Cause my, my friend Jacob and I, so I moved to Montana um, when I was like, I don't know, 14 or 15 or something like that. My, my dad was a contractor. So we ended up living all around the, con- uh, the country on different contracts that he was on. And one of them was in Montana. So we lived in Helena, uh, Helena, Montana for like nine months or something. And we lived in this apartment that was another thing is we would, uh, he would always kind of, we, we'd end up living in these cheap little apartments cause we didn't want to like get a house, you know, mm. cause we were only gonna be there for six to nine months on yeah. a contract. So, uh, we, we ended up living in this apartment complex and we lived next door to this mom and she had a really young daughter and a young son named Jacob. And he's quite a bit younger than me. Like I was, like I said, I was like, 14 15 something like that and i think he was like nine or something like he was pretty young he was a kid and uh he latched on to me like really quickly kind of an older brother sort of thing and uh and he wound up hanging out uh at our house like damn near every day like he would just come over want to play games and i like i liked hanging out with him he was like cool he was really like one of those kids that like i, I won't tell too much of his personal information, but he was one of those kids that had to grow up too fast, you know? Oh, okay. Yeah. And, and so he was like mature behind his, like I say, he couldn't have been older than like 10 years old, mm. but like, I felt like I was hanging out with another like 14, 15 year old. And, um, and so anyways, he and I would hang out and we would walk like to blockbuster and just like rent games together. And, uh, and we would have sleepovers almost every night. Like he would just come over nearly every night and we would have like a sleepover sort of experience. Um, I remember we were very poor. That was probably the, the least wealthy my family has ever been. Um, I didn't have like my own TV or anything like that. I, you know, I had my, um, my PS two and, uh, and my original Xbox, like I brought that stuff with me when we moved, but I didn't have like my own TV or anything like that anymore. And so he gave me this like little crappy 
CRT TV uh, that he just had laying around. He gave me one and we set it up in the basement where we were staying. And I just remember we would like go and rent. One of my fondest memories is we would rent like Tony Hawk games um from blockbuster we'd rent like tony hawks uh underground one or two or something like that and just stay up all night with like mountain dew and i remember the little reese's minis the reese's peanut butter cup mini cups and we would just like be throwing those down drinking (laughs) mountain dew and just playing through the entirety of tony hawks underground together and uh, those are really precious memories he would like it was all kinds of stuff we would rent like half-life 2 on original xbox like the original xbox port of half-life 2 and play through that together uh over a sleepover and so those are like i've had a lot of sleepovers over the years but the ones with jacob like that where we would just walk like two miles down the road to blockbuster and then you know pick something up bring it home with junk food and and play it all night together those are really precious memories for me Oh, yeah. There's there's nothing better than just going to the supermarket or whatever and just getting a bag of junk food and yes. knowing you've got an all-nighter, the video game in place, a good mate to just spend it with. And yeah, just uh, th- those memories are just irreplaceable. And I hope I can um hope I can make sure my son gets them because yeah, it's just it's yes. just so much fun. And like f- for me, it was just um it's a lot harder to get it organized because I always lived out of town on the farm. So it was always like a big thing to you know, get parents to ferry you back and forth and whatever. But I guess like you know, the situation you're in, it, it worked out, I guess, pretty well as far as being able to catch up with your friend and being able to just like walk over and um, yeah, yeah, just like play games and spend it was it next way. door. Yeah. Yeah. Like we, he literally would just come over and we would hang out pretty much all day. You know, like I would just, I was homeschooled at that time. So like I was able to get my schoolwork done like really easily. And, uh, and yeah, he would just come over and we would just hang out and play games, man. Like it was just, it was really nice. And he was, I didn't really understand it at the time, but um, he would have people from like the the government or whatever come out and like um, check on him, make sure he was okay and stuff like that. But they, they were able to do it less because they knew he was at our house just chilling, <laughs> you know, All right, which yeah. was cool. Yeah. So yeah, it was it was nice. It was it was nice to kind of ha- and we've kept in touch over the years. And now he's like in his twenties and has a kid, and it's weird. Like we've we've kept in touch over the years. I remember uh, when I got my Xbox 360, I got a uh, I got a random message from some gamer tag I didn't recognize. I didn't know who it was, <laughs> and just added me as a friend and sent me like a voice message, and it was him. And, oh, like we stayed in touch ever since. I was like, what? Like, really? It's so it's awesome. And, and yeah, yeah. Like it just, I got him on Facebook and yeah, we still, we don't talk as often anymore, but like we still every now and then just like, Hey dude, like, like, how are you? Like what's going on in your life? <laughs> you know? And I mean, this has been nearly 20 years now since we met, you know, it's, it's, it's cool. Yeah. yeah. It, it's, it's such a, great reminder just how special video games are how you're able to mm-hmm. just really bond over it because you know he could have come over and just watched movies all night or whatever but it's just it's different when it's just actually interacting with the medium and especially with like tony hawk or whatever it's such a great game yes. just to just to hand the controller over try some things and yes pass it back and forth and remember like a lot of that stuff with like whether it's driver or gta or wherever you just 
just open world or sandbox games where you can just like muck around and have fun. They they were like the best just to be able to play and yeah, I'm sure um you know especially those games as well back then like whatever he was going through, I'm sure it would have helped him so much. Just those those memories of being able to spend spend his time with you and I'm sure he yeah. looks back on them very fondly. I, like I hope do. so. Yeah, I, I I totally do. And and like it's. It definitely was, and it was one of those things where, like, we didn't realize it at the time. Like, we didn't realize at the time that, like, you're creating these like memories that you'll you'll mm. carry with you for a long time. And um, yeah, I don't know, man. That, that's a very like special. It's interesting too because that my my family and I look back on that period of our lives really fondly too because it's one of those things where I mean we had very little. Like, we were very poor. My dad didn't his work did not pay him. Uh, that much when we were there and it was, it was quite expensive to live there compared to what we were used to the cost of living there mm. was much higher he didn't really um, have a sense for like how that would factor out comparatively so we that was like i said the, the least wealthy my family has ever been is when we lived in montana but at the same time um we would just like every night for dinner we're having like salmon and rice that was like our we did that like four nights a week um so it, there was something about that, like struggling together though, that like brought us closer in a weird way. I was sleeping on like an air mattress in the basement, you know, and, uh, so, something about that struggle, like brought the family closer together in a big, bad way. And also like, yeah, having somebody like him, like the, just the neighbor kid who comes over and plays Tony Hawk or kingdom hearts two or, or whatever with you. And, um, it's just the, those are very like nice escapes in what could have otherwise been quite a hard time. You know, I just, we would, we would have this kind of routine where my dad uh, would get home from work and he worked really hard. He just didn't get paid all that well compared to the price of living. So he'd come home from work and we would uh, walk down to the, uh, to the gas station or service station, if you like uh, <laughs> down the, uh, down the street <laughs> And, uh, and get like, he, he always wanted like a big Coke, like a big Coca-Cola, one of those like oh, hell yeah. dollar fountain drinks that are like here in America, it's like a 60 ounce, like ridiculous fountain <laughs> drink in a styrofoam cup. Yeah. And he wanted one of those every day. We'd, Jacob and I would walk down the road and get him one. And, uh, we just kind of walked everywhere together. We're renting games. We're staying up late, playing them together. And I mean, we did that nearly every night for the the like nine months that i lived there it was it was one of those things was like we we lived like kings during those times you know so good memories yeah and it's, it's, that sounds really special just uh even if it's uh you know harder times for the family it's uh you mm. know it, it goes to show just like i look at it from the perspective of, of the parent now like no matter what you're going through you can still make awesome right. memories for your kids um right even if it's like you know work's not so good you're living in an apartment you, you know you're only going to be there for a little bit or whatever you know you've still got f fun memories that you can um, you can glean from it so that sounds special man that's awesome yeah big time and it's funny too because i a big thing for me is um as i get older i start to think to myself like i they were the age that i am now then does that make sense like like yeah, it's, it's yeah. weird to think about like like i am older now than my dad was then you know, working, working like that, not making a lot of money, having a quite large family. He had me, my sister, 
two young children, my younger brother and my younger sister. Uh, and then my friend Justin, who moved up there with us, he had like five kids mm. that he was providing for. <laughs> In addition to my mom, we also had uh, our dog who has since passed away, but our dog Gibson was living with us at the time. And so, I mean, five kids, a dog living in a pretty expensive place compared to what we were used to. And he was the sole provider of the household. So, I mean, it was, he, he went through quite a lot and he moved us all up there. So he didn't have to be away from, he could have just worked there himself remotely, but he wanted his family with them. And he was yeah. like, I'll struggle, <laughs> you know, yeah. we can do this. So it was nice, dude. It was just wake up, do my homeschooling, watch x play or whatever and then <laughs> jacob comes over we walk to blockbuster rent something for the for the night and stay up late eating junk food and playing games it was good times yeah no, absolutely <laughs> like what you say about your parents it's funny because like my perspective my parents had me when they were about 20 oh sorry when they were about 36 so I've, wow so you yeah. know i'm 28 now so i've got about eight years on them <laughs> as mm -hmm. far as having having yeah. the, having my first child so yeah was it, how, how would you say your parents were but 19 my mom was 19 when she 19 yeah she was young yeah because i remember you talking about it on um i think it's a nintendo drive and yeah. i was like yeah i <laughs> me at 19 having a kid jesus Could Christ. You imagine? <laughs> no <laughs> way dude are you kidding me like i, I i'm like they were babies like they were yeah. kids you know and i just i couldn't imagine going through the things they went through with a kid at, at that age. Like I have such a appreciation for my parents being, being an adult and realizing like how much, like how young they really were comparatively, mm -hmm. you know, especially in those hard times where like, if you, if I ever had any contempt for anything that my parents, I always circle back to that. I'm like, well, they were babies, they're kids, <laughs> you know, they were, they're figuring it out too. And I'm, I'm the oldest. I was the first. So I was like the, uh, we joke around. I was the practice child, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? So they were, they're learning a lot, you know? So it's like, Hey, you know, you got to give them grace, dude. They were kids. Yeah. So <laughs> it is amazing though, how much, um, like you're just forced to step up. So I'm sure mm -hmm. no matter how young you are, you're just, you know, you're, you either step up or, yeah. you know, the, the, the child either gets taken away or sick, you know? So yeah. you've got to, you've, you have to step up. And even me, where it's like I'm fully prepared, well, as much as I can be prepared, and we're like we want a kid and all that, you know, you've still got to really pull yourself up, no matter, no matter what uh, form of uh, sickness or whatever they bring back from childcare. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that yeah, seems to be my sure. thing. I'm getting, I get sick every week. Yeah, and uh, I don't know. I got, I was talking earlier with um with Seth, but I got a tonsillitis. I don't know if that came from childcare or not, but that was uh, yeah. that was this week's uh, mystery item on the menu. So <laughs> he's just had his two days of childcare this week. I, I can't wait to find out what I got next week. Maybe it's uh, maybe it's COVID. Maybe it's uh, just a little germ machines, dude. Bringing yeah, them all home, crazy. coughing in your mouth and whatnot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. But uh, I guess uh, just speaking of uh, special memories, I think. Um, the most recent game coming out from Nintendo has just given me some some memories that I'll cherish forever. And I've really yes. got to talk Zelda with you, man. I know you've just <sighs> done a massive discussion on All In. Um, that will be coming out. Oh, it's come. Is it coming out soon or it's coming out? I remember Saturday. Saturday. Yeah, Saturday. It'll be so, out Saturday. Whenever this goes live, yeah, it might be out already. 
Awesome. Yeah. So I cannot wait to listen to that, but I haven't talked to you yet about it. And I, I know mm. you're just like over the moon. And it's funny because when I finished it, I was just sort of just my jaw was just falling off my face. And I uh, and I saw that you basically posted a, um, on Twitter about it that if you finished it pretty recently as well, like, oh, we might have finished it pretty much at the same time. Interesting, right? Yeah. Yeah. So just um, obviously no spoilers, but what a special game, dude. What a special it, game. Yeah, it's something else. It, it really is something else. It is like... I, I, it's interesting because like talking about the game, like it's, it's hard to like, it feels hyperbolic, but the game really yeah. is that good. Like it feels like you're like, Oh, recency bias or whatever. Cause all mm. like after my, my first thought after finishing the game with the ending in particular, and again, no spoilers, but um, I was like, that is the greatest ending I've maybe ever seen in a video game. Mm. Like certainly in Nintendo history, certainly in Zelda history, but maybe even just in video game, I struggle to think of an ending that hit me harder than that did. Like it Absolutely. was, it was so good. Like, and, and I had multiple moments like that where I was just like, how does this game exist? Like it's a <laughs> magical game. Like the fact that, especially going into the ending sequence, the fact that the game works the way it does the fact that the game is as big as it is, this one is like three times the size of Breath of the Wild. It doesn't have bugs. It has all of these complicated systems in it that just work together flawlessly in a way that makes sense. It is like people like game designers and programmers are like, I, I don't understand how this game works. Like, I, yeah. don't, I don't understand how it exists. It is, and it's running on this underpowered, you know, six and a half year old tablet. Mm. It's, it is crazy yeah that, that I, this game exists i always like to think about it because it, just on the switch itself like eh, it's pretty impressive that it's on this uh small thing but you think about it on a switch light but it's right. like smaller and just so light and doesn't make any noise when you're using it and just like doesn't warm up or you know anything that you might expect with like one of these like um like a pc or a laptop or something where it's just a when it's doing a right. bigger game but Shoot it's just heat it's uh, it's it's really sort of shifted my view on the Switch. Been like, oh, you know, it's time for a new one, type of thing. But it's really about how they use it, like. Mm -hmm. And not not every developer has the luxury of six years developing Absolutely. exclusively for it. Like this is the top of the line as far as what we're going to get out of the Switch, or maybe anything in terms of um something of this power. But it's it's just incredible. And when, when I was playing like the shrines with like the bridges, where every little plank is interactable and you can right. put stuff onto it, I was just sort of playing with it, just looking at it, being like, I've never seen it. I've never seen anything just this tangible. Being able to play with it <laughs> in a game, because mm -hmm. um, I guess I guess in some games you might be able to like cut the rope on a bridge. Well, time to wake right. up, Seth. <laughs> Yeah, that, that was my alarm to wake up and do this. I, I wound up waking up earlier to uh, to come on here with, with you than, than anticipated. I completely forgot to turn off my wake-up alarm. My bad. No, you're good. <laughs> no, but like, yeah. in some games, you might be able to like, cut a bridge and the bridge falls down. But in this case, like every little bit, you're able to sort of like stick or glue with ultra hand and it's just uh, remarkable and just seeing just the developer's sort of reaction to that specific shrine, especially after I've like done it recently. It's like, yeah, this is, it's not just me looking at it being like, oh, that's pretty cool. Like people are just actually looking at it. How did you make this happen? And it's, it's just unbelievable. Yeah. 
it's it's absolutely unbelievable i yeah to, to your point about like just the, the moving parts of it like the way you can like the bridge for example not only is that bridge there with tangible parts that all connect and work naturalistically but you could attach anything you wanted to it zoni mm-hmm. devices you could put a rocket on it if you wanted to let that kind of take it up and shoot it into the air you can do all put a wheel on it whatever you want to do like and all of these things there, there are a million ways that could break and it doesn't like it just doesn't it's just i yeah the game's an unbelievable like regardless of how you feel about the story the 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 way the you know the memories the I don't, I don't know how, how much we want to talk about uh, the temples and things like that. Regardless of how you feel about any of that, from a technical perspective, it is the most impressive game Nintendo has ever made, mm. objectively, I feel like. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. And do you, do you sort of feel yourself checking yourself every now and again, being like, look, like you absolutely love it. But it's like, is it, is, it, is it that good or is it just because I love Nintendo so much? Is this my Nintendo sort of love sort right. of seeping out and just like the average gamer might be like this isn't actually that good and um like i try to think about that every now and again and i've basically had a week away from the game and the more i think about it i'm like i get chills every every like when i think back to whether it's gameplay moments or story moments and i'm really thinking to myself like is this my favorite video game and I, like you know i've been playing video games for about 20 years um mm-hmm. i'm like that's a big thing to maybe maybe say but it it truly it truly might be because I, I when i when i think about breath of the wild I don't, I don't necessarily think that's my favorite game of all time and it might be on par with other more traditional zelda games um twilight princess is probably my favorite 3d zelda game and i, I can't really compare them necessarily but tears of the kingdom i can i can i can easily say like that's that is the best zelda game that it mm. brings the elements of zelda that i love where which is like which is epic moments and discovery and just everything about it has just really brought the Breath of the Wild formula into what makes um what makes Tears of the Kingdom just extra special. Yeah, and um, I, I think there's there's a moment where you might be able to sort of um figure out what I'm trying to allude to, but there's a moment which just I was uh, just uh, doing some uh, geoglyphs, you know, doing some towers. So oh, it's two o'clock. It's two thirty. All right, three o'clock. I've got to go to bed. And <laughs> I had I, I had the couple of uh, checklists to go, and I finished the geoglyphs. And um, like what happened afterwards, I was just like my jaw just dropped onto the ground. I was like, holy shit! And I, I'm so yeah. happy that I discovered it in that order because there are Me other too. order there are, there are other sort of orders you can do to get to a similar point, and I think. It kind of it kind of spoils it because you can't spoil yourself with the story if you do things out of order. Like it's just it'll show you something. It's like ah, oh, well I guess I'll figure out how we got there. But <laughs> yeah, so, so I did the the geoglyphs kind of by accident because when I came into it, mm. I like I wanted to. My first objective was I want to get to all the Skyview towers. I want to fill in this map, right? Yep. Same. And um. Mm. And, and it's, you know, it's not really a spoiler to, to talk. The Skyview Towers shoot you up into the air and you kind of get like a big look at the ground below. Mm. And so I would just see the geoglyphs and especially after that kind of like onboarding mission where you learn kind of how they work and, and what they do and everything. I'm like, oh, well, I'll just go and take care of that real quick. And before you knew it, 
like doing all the Skyview towers naturally, I just also found all of the geoglyphs. Yeah. So it was actually one of the first things I did was quite early on. I had just tracked down all of the, uh, the memories and kind of like you were saying, kind of got to that certain point and, and kind of absorbed um, the story because the game does deliver the story and it's, it's ultimately a pretty similar way to how breath of the wild delivered its story. Yeah. Right. Where, you're just kind of tracking down these points. Um, but the story that Tears of the Kingdom tells, speaking vaguely, is so mm. much more impactful and so much more like like resonant and has greater and stronger character moments, particularly uh, with the character of Zelda that I really appreciate uh, about this game. Because Breath of the Wild, like the story, I love that game. And, and one of the things I, I try to say is like, I hate having like a Breath of the Wild put down party to talk about this game because oh, yeah, no. it's mm. still incredible, right? They're just so different. But Breath of the Wild still like an incredible game. Um, but but like playing this, uh, just the the way it approaches that story was so much more impactful for me. Like the 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 story of Breath of the Wild has always been a bit of a weak point of that game for me, and it's a total highlight of this one. Like it's a total strength of this one is the story and like knowing everything that, you know, after collecting those memories and coming into the ending of the game and like everything kind of crescendos in this like masterful way in, in the ending of the game. And like all of that stuff hit me way more strongly than almost anything else. Like when I look at the series, Majora's Mask is always going to be my favorite. That game changed my life. I, nothing is ever going to hit me the way Majora's Mask hit me. Of course. Yeah. Um, but Tears of the Kingdom is certainly the best Zelda game. I don't think there's even a question. Like, in terms of how it's made, in terms of the story told, like, it is, in terms of its quality, the the best game in the series. Yeah. It's, I've, I've, um, I've, I've never gone into a game or anything in my life, <laughs> to be honest, just so sure so excited so such high expectations and just being just just blown past them just in quality and just how fantastic the game was like i cannot believe how how good this game is and um i i was i was even talking to my wife i'm like I just played the best game I've ever played in my life. And like, oh, that's cool. But I just want I just want to get it, I just want to get it off my chest. I'm like, oh, so I can't. I'm just there playing my Switch like, oh my God. And like the 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 final there's just like there was multiple times in the game where I cried. Not 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 even like oh my Me god. Too. It wasn't even like, oh so sad. But it was like just happening. I'm a crier, so, dude. Yeah, yeah, I'm a cry I'm a big crier. I cried a lot playing this game. Yeah. <laughs> and it was just like it was just happiness and just like overexcitedness, I mean like that is so cool. <laughs> yes. I don't know yes. if that will hit um, as hard if you're not a big Zelda fan or whatever. I'm not quite sure. I don't know if it's if it's that cool if you're just playing this as like your first Nintendo game, for example. Not quite sure. Right. I'm sure it's still pretty neat. But yeah, when when you're like following videos of like Zelda lore and just like all the sages and what they're up to and, you know, just mm. all the nitty gritty, like what this game does. Like uh, when you do the first temple, 
and you work out what you're getting from the temples, you're like, oh my God, that is that is the coolest thing. Is that what I'm doing? Yeah, okay. Okay. Is that what I'm doing? There's just, there's yeah. moments like that where it's like, oh my God, this is so cool. Like, I can't believe we're, we're going there and we're doing this. Mm. Like, but then there's also like, and, and this is another reason I think I, I love this game so much is because, um, you know, my favorite thing about, about Majora's Mask, which is like I said, maybe my favorite game of all time is how human it is, like how it is about connection. And it's about sort of like the, the real struggle of being a human. It's about the finding hope in life and stuff like that. And so much of that is also in this game. Like they're even like in side quests, like there are a couple of side quests in particular that come to mind that brought tears to my eyes that like the, the, you know, no spoilers, but the side quest you do in Terrytown is just one of the most like gentle and sweet, the side quest itself, ultimately very simple, but it is so like human and raw and just like good hearted. I, I got goosebumps thinking about it. I took a, I took a screenshot. There's like a final shot in that side quest. We were just in a hot air balloon looking over the sunset with this family and it's breathtaking. Like it is like it, it, I cried afterwards. I was just like, this is beautiful. And like this sort of like narrative of these people who this is, you got to remember. And it's, I think easy to forget that like, this is a world that is post calamity straight into upheaval. You know, like right <laughs> yeah. when they were just about to rebuild, it all gets upturned. And so these people are having to reevaluate their way of living twice. It's like it's it's this world completely beset by turmoil, but they are finding ways to sort of like be good in the face of it, to find these little like safe havens, these little things to latch on to. If it's family, if it's your village that has been overtaken, you want to reclaim it and rebuild it. You know, these, these little things taking this world back and finding the good in it is like, I think really powerful. And and to me speaks to like the, um, a, a big takeaway I had playing this was like, it feels like a game made by people who are feeling that way about the real world, you know, because like, especially, you know, I pretty much everywhere, especially post pandemic, it's like, everything's gone to hell. Like it almost feels like it's like we're in an upheaval period and it's time to rebuild, you know? And I don't know, like, I think that those themes are very powerful in, uh, in this game. I was really stricken by that. So, yeah. Like know. just, you know, the side quests just in general, they're a big step up from breath of the wild as well. Cause, uh, you know, breath of the wild, obviously a lot of detractors are like, come and say what they don't like about the game, which is fair enough. That's a, that's, that's great. Um, when you, when you compare it to like a game like The Witcher or whatever, which um has extremely strong side quests, and like I don't know if these side quests are on that level necessarily, but they're certainly like very good. Like every single one, someone's got a problem, you can fix it, and there's a good story that you go along the way. Other side quests that sort of link multiple side quests together as you're going throughout Hyrule. Um, and I've still got to do a lot. Um, but I can't wait just to spend my time now just going around just. Oh, what do you need, mate? Just handyman link getting around, just building carriages. <laughs> just like, where do you need to go? <laughs> yeah. What you buying? 
<laughs> what are you buying? <laughs> yeah, you you wind up like just the amount of like signs you help Addison keep up and yeah. little things like that, dude. I like yeah. I love that there's an entire side quest chain where you get to just help be like a reporter for a newspaper. Yeah, that's good. And like yeah. oh, I just I love that stuff. And and even that's interesting because it like shows the way that these people like when you're tracking down all those little stories through the paper, it's like showing the way that these people are affected by the events of, of the world and like the sort of weirdness that's going on with it, even the way that they have managed to a big concern that, that I, and I think a lot of people had coming into this game was, well, like, how are they going to make the same map feel fresh and different? And like, it is crazy to me how different they managed to make the same map feel Mm. like you're going to these familiar places but the upheaval, the inciting incident of the game has completely changed like a, much of the landscape and made it feel like quite different. Um, especially like when you get into the stuff tied to temples and the regional phenomenon, stuff like that, like it feels quite different than it did in Breath of the Wild to say nothing of the extra stuff that the game has going on. Um, like just the overworld itself. I was really impressed by the way they managed to make that feel very different from the first game. Not couldn't have been easy to do. Oh yeah, definitely not. And I never had any worries when it came to like, I guess, you know, reusing the same map. And it's like, you know, like I said, I had a lot of faith in um, the team at Nintendo. I'm like, oh, they got it. We're going to get a good <laughs> game here. But even yeah. like the, the sort of the discussions online where it's like, oh, this is DLC using the same map. I was just thinking to myself, like, what type of DLC do you guys play? You play some fucking good DLC for your games. Like, Jesus <laughs> <Yeah>. Christ. <laughs> you play yeah. some really good DLC that just adds just like a whole layer above and beyond and all this type of stuff and new characters, new story. That's cr- good DLC. That's not bad. Right. But, um, pretty pretty damn good. Yeah. And um, <laughs> I think especially now after playing Tears of the Kingdom, I'm actually not opposed to a third game in the same Hyrule. Like... I think um, just continuing on with the same story in the same land and moving the story on for a, a third game would actually is actually kind of right up my alley. And it's kind of how I felt a little bit about The Last of Us, where like The Last of Us Part Two came out. I'm like, oh, I don't really need a sequel, but um, here we are. I'm playing it and playing a Part Two. I'm like, oh, well, I need a Part Three now, just because of how it ended, and I want the mm-hmm. story to continue. Because I feel a little bit the same here now, whereas I didn't need a direct sequel to Breath of the Wild. I could have just gone on to a completely different Hyrule universe. But now here we are. I'm like, this is great. Keep uh, keep loading us up with this. And uh, yeah. I, won't, I won't be disappointed if it's not. But there's certainly, there's certainly benefits to having um, just the same land and having it evolve over time. And you could like have it... I don't know what you could do with it, whether it's only like a few years and something else happens or you just go a fair bit into the future. Oh, I, or... have, I have thoughts, Drew. Yeah. I've got so many thoughts on this. I, I don't know it how crazy you want to get, I, but but I, I would love to see a significant time jump, like a, a significant, I want to see this world get a chance to actually build up. Like I want to see I the, this will actually develop. I'm not talking like sci-fi, I don't want it to be cyberpunk, you know, Zelda or whatever, but we've already got hover cars in this one. So it doesn't really matter. That's true. Well, <laughs> and that's the thing too, right? Is I'm, I'm imagining like in, in, in the context of this game, 
post upheaval and all of this like Zonai technology suddenly literally falling into into the laps of these people combined with the scientists and the Sheikah like Pura and Paya and Robbie and stuff. It would be kind of cool to see this world get a chance to advance in a real way. Like if we did a time, if the third game time skips us like 20 years and we get to play as like actually an older link and we get to like see this link and this Zelda get to kind of grow old together. I think it'd be kind of cool. Like I would actually be way into that. Um, and it's interesting because the the way that I've always viewed Zelda and, and maybe this comes from just my childhood attachment to Zelda. But every time I look at a Zelda game, I take something away from it that represents childhood for me. Like I always, if it is the sense of like childlike wonder where like in this game, it literally feels like you're playing with toys, you know, Mm -hmm. or if it is a commentary like Majora's Mask, I think of one of the many themes I think Majora's Mask has is the lack of a feeling of control over your own life that you can feel when you're a kid. And I, you know, Wind Waker feels like being a kid and burdened with, with purpose and kind of having to be the new hope that you see in the world in the face of, you know, Ganon's whole motivation in Wind Waker, not to overtly spoil it. Cause I hope it comes to switch so people can play it, mm. but Ganon wants the world to go back to like the good old days sort of thing, you know, and <laughs> it's, it's like that sort of thing. And so I'm, I'm always finding these like connective tissue in Zelda games that relate to being a kid. So it'd be really interesting for me personally, if, there could be a commentary on getting older and being an adult in a Zelda game. And I think it'd be super rad to see Link bearded, like, like older Link, like like 35, 40 year old Link, you know, coming in. I would be way into that with like a developed Hyrule. Yeah. Yeah. Because with Breath of the Wild, they wanted a big world to explore, but it's on Wii U and Switch. So their idea was like, oh, everything's gone to shit and there's the land's been wiped out. So there's no cities. There's, there's nothing too taxing on the hardware necessarily. But um, next Zelda game, obviously going to be on a next generation version of the Switch. I sure hope so. Good God. Yeah, yeah. Imagine just like six years time, <laughs> still on the Switch. Oh my God. Riding this thing till the wheels fall off, baby. Yeah. God, I think the wheels might have fallen off then. Um, yeah. no matter how much we still like it, but my they're God. a little rickety now. Let's be real. We're the, yeah. the wheels are they're hanging on. Well, they're they're a little wobbly. They're a little yeah. wobbly. We got the ultra hammer. Quick, quick, put put the wheel back on. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, by the time the next game comes out, we'll be on hardware to actually be able to you know push some of these more cities, more populated areas, and Hyrule mm-hmm. could look a lot more different. Um, you know, with uh, I guess a, a different. Or a bigger dose of technology, I guess, mm-hmm. which I, which I would love to see. I, I think um, that'd be great. I f- there might be a f- fair few detractors. There might be it might restrict uh, the development team as far as trying different ideas because you you can imagine building on this game. That's going to be a challenge. Like yeah. Breath of the Wild was a challenge. This is now this is really a challenge. Like did they move? Does Ultra Hand is that something that can leave the Legend of Zelda series now? Like, I know that's the weird thing, right? Cause like I, I sort of felt that way. It's so weird. Cause I'm, you'd mentioned earlier, like you, you almost kind of have to like let go and let God with this stuff, just kind of like mm, let them do yeah. their thing. Oh, I'm not smart enough to, to, to like ponder this. They, they know better than me. I'm just going to, I'm just going to play whatever they put out. But it's mm-hmm. interesting because like, if I put myself back in, in the time period of breath of the wild, that was the commentary back then too was like, well, where do they go from here? How can it get bigger and better than this? 
Mm. And now here we are. And it's like actually a pretty massive step up. So regardless if it takes six years, seven years, 10 years, whatever, I'm just going to like be so on board with whatever they do now, because I'm almost like this game, if nothing else has proven to me that like, regardless of what you think, regardless of what we sit here and think of like, hey, this is the peak. How do you, how can the next one not have ultra hand or whatever? Well, I guarantee you they are going to figure it out and, the, and it, it, they're going mm. to find a way to make it bigger and better than what even we've just experienced now, which is crazy. Like I, like I can't even fathom it, but like, that's what excites me about it. You know, do you feel yourself like we know that they're not going to go back to what the 3d legend of Zelda was before. Right. And um, do you feel yourself missing that in some way? I gameplay, I don't, but there is a, a desire to be like, all right, I just want to, I want that epic story told in order in, in real time. There is a, a part mm. of me that would appreciate that. And maybe even on like a smaller scale where it isn't like, you know, the big Zelda game, but maybe like a 10 hour Zelda game where it's just like a very dedicated story. Maybe even like similar to what the 2D games are, but now that the games are so big that a smaller game is now like a 10 hour 3D um, yeah. three temple go through big epic story i wonder like if they'll if they'll do that like you know zelda's becoming so big that they could have like this game that takes six years to develop and 2d games and smaller 3d more traditional games also take the place to fill in the gaps because they can't do remakes all the time we're gonna we're gonna get to the point now right. where it's like they're gonna re-release wind waker and twilight princess which was the move last generation on the wii u uh so they can't keep doing that again and again for every console but I'll, I'll be interested just to, yeah, to hear what you think as far as what um, those other Zelda titles could be apart from the big open world games because I personally would like... I'll, I'll, I miss them. I miss getting like the traditional 2D game. We only got like a remake of Link's Awakening. Mm-hmm. Link's, and Link's Awakening, like in all honesty, isn't like my favorite game. It's a little bit too convoluted <laughs> in sure. some ways. Yeah. Just it it feels like, like a 30-year-old game, right? I mean, yeah. it's an old game. Like I, um, I, I really want like a, a brand new two D game, but me too. Yeah, no, I like a Link Between Worlds is an amazing game. Like that, that game mm-hmm. is so good. And that, what's interesting is like that that game is actually a little bit of what I what comes to mind when it comes to Tears of the Kingdom, is that game sort of was to a link to the past what Tears of the Kingdom is to Breath of the Wild, where it's using the same map and it's telling a different story and adding new context. It's actually really interesting and I think good corollary to to Tears of the Kingdom. Um, and yeah, to to that end, I would really love it if we just kind of trade it off. Like if it's going to take us six, seven years to get the next big open world 3D Zelda game, because Aonuma has said like this is the direction we're and why wouldn't it be right? Because even like even if it wasn't. Even I'm if so these games rich. weren't coming out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Even if it wasn't coming out and being like some of the most well-reviewed games of all time, it's also incredibly commercially successful. So like, why wouldn't they continue to make Zelda games in this way? Um, but at the same time, yeah, I would really love if every couple years or something, we just trade it off and had, it doesn't have to be the core Zelda team. It can be a Grezzo or somebody like that and have them make a 2D Zelda game that is more what you're saying like traditional um yeah 15 20 hour you know Zelda game I I would be way into that and I I would love to see that and I think that there are um 
a couple of Nintendo franchises, I think of Paper Mario specifically, where Paper Mario has kind of gone in this bold experimental new direction that hasn't landed with a lot of classic Paper Mario fans. Mm. And as amazing as Tears of the Kingdom is, and you, you and I love it, I also have friends who are like, well, this doesn't feel like Zelda to me. To me, Zelda is that old school Link's Awakening dungeons and blah, blah, blah. And they're actually not really vibing with Breath of the Wild or Tears of the Kingdom. So like, it'd be kind of nice. I feel like there's an opportunity to kind of have your cake and eat it too, where you can have every couple years, these little 2D 15, 20 hours Zelda games that are much more traditional, but then the big tentpole releases, the ones that actually progress the series forward in a real way uh, is stuff like this. I'd be super into that. I hope they do that. Yeah, because I kind of expected them to do it, to be honest. But mm-hmm. over the generation of, of the Switch, we got, yeah, got Link's Awakening and, you know, got a remaster of Skull Sword. And that was it, mm-hmm. apart from Nintendo Switch Online stuff. It was just a lot yeah. more sort of barren than I thought. And in some ways, I respect that. It makes Zelda feel a lot more special. It isn't, you know, Pokemon, for example, that where we're getting games multiple a year. So, you know, I guess, right. I, I, guess I respect that. That makes this game feel even more special when we get it and it's it's super good so yeah yeah be interesting to see how we how we go going forward i hope so man i i I think there's so much you could do here even like you even think of like weird little spin-off things like your age of calamities your hyrule warriors your cadence of hyrule stuff even like if we could have a steady kind of release clip of like you get whatever remake and remaster is cooking up one year you get your weird like age of calamity i'm like where's age of upheaval that's what i want i want that to be i want this game's version of like because i really enjoyed age of calamity quite a bit i did too i played Um, it um, basically a week before tears of the kingdom came out and oh um, nice yeah because i in 2020 i I didn't feel like it i didn't i bought it preloaded it never opened the app um i'm like (laughs) i'll I'll play it eventually you know two years go well almost three years go by and yeah. Um, Tears of the Kingdom, like I played it, and I'm like, this was awesome, and it, it it enhanced the story of Breath of the Wild, even though it is mm-hmm. like a detour. It's a it's an right. alternate universe, but I thought it was awesome. It was so good. I loved just, it. Just the yeah. the take of um the story that they did with uh, Breath of the Wild story, because um I think Breath of the Wild, just going back to the story of that, I think uh, Breath of the Wild has an awesome story. It's just not told to you in a way you can sort of comprehend <laughs> that well. Mm-hmm. But if yeah. you if you spend a lot of time in the game, you check out the memories, you watch them in order, you check out some content on YouTube of someone who's really into Zelda lore and breaks it down for you, and uh, you can get all the sort of environmental storytelling throughout Hyrule, I think it's uh, just an awesome story. It's just a story of just the downfall of Hyrule. Everyone lost. You know, I do love that. Multiple yeah. characters, they're dead, and you're going back to sort of you know save their spirit to regain the... Um, divine beasts like it's a it's it's a wicked story it's just like when you're plopped in the in the game it's like all right find out what's going on a lot of people just don't find out what's going on which is fair enough it's a massive game and the and the memories weren't made obvious to find it all i think um i think i used the guide being like this memory's here this memory's here because it like it's it's not like the geoglyphs we're like oh yeah there's one where you're up in the sky and you can easily see one it was like a little was it like a little glowing dot or something? Like you just randomly. It was yeah. yeah it, it was, was like, like a weird, yeah. like glowy patch on the ground or something yeah. like that. Yeah, so, so small. Like you just like sort of stumble across it. And like, oh, what's this? Yeah, you get a yeah. memory of Zelda like doing some other shit. Fucked up. <laughs> oh, all right. And you go, you go, you go back to picking up rocks, looking for 
Koroks. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I, I do like that, that vibe quite a lot. Like that sort of like, like everybody's dead succeed where we failed sort of mm. thing. I really do like that vibe. Like breath of the wild. has got a cool like vibe to its story for sure. Um, and, and I think too, the nice thing about breath of the wild, is I think the story of that game was also enhanced quite a bit by a champion's ballad. I really liked the DLC for it too. And I hope we get, I'm sure we will get mm. DLC for tears of the kingdom. Similarly. Um, but, but yeah, yeah, man, I, um, I, I was I was really into that kind of stuff too, but I think there's room. I think there's room to have a more traditional experience alongside to to the point I made about Paper Mario. I would love it if they if they had like kind of two, you know, series at the same time where it's like one is your traditional kind of Paper Mario or Mario RPG flavor that people are looking for. And then the the other, the mainline core entry is your weird experimental thing. Yeah. And just trade them off. I guess for a while that Mario and Luigi RPG series by Alpha Dream mm-hmm. was that RPG mm-hmm. sort of series, but now that's uh, that's gone by the wayside. Unfortunately, Alpha yeah. Dream's out of business. So, um, yeah, we don't have that line anymore. But I guess we we are sort of um, we're looking at that uh, Thousand Year Door re- sort of remake on Switch, aren't we? Been rumored for a long time. Yeah, yeah. and I'm, and for uh, me, I like I would I'm I'm for me personally I'm like I'll just play Bug Fables. <laughs> like Bug Fables for me is like. I, I think it's actually really good. Like I think bug fables is kind of better than most paper Mario games, but I, a lot of people are looking for that classic paper Mario experience. And I kind of dig, I actually like origami King a lot more, the more time goes by. Um, and, and like, I wasn't crazy about origami King's combat system, but I liked that they tried it, you know, like I liked that yeah. they did something a little weird, a little interesting. You know, so I kind of like, I want them to continue down that path, but at the same time, I do sympathize with people who are like, give me that thousand year door style. So if that comes out, if that's just like the re-release remaster of thousand year door, if that is, you have like your kind of classic series like that, like you said, with Mario and Luigi, um, in addition to the experimental paper Mario stuff, I just think that there's like an opportunity to, to sort of double tap and please both audiences with with this and Zelda, so yeah, it'd be interesting to see um, just what other spin-offs we get with Zelda too. Like you said, I'd love to see another Horror Warriors. I think that's uh, please that's probably a shoe in. Surely you'd think at this point, gotta be like this a, game's Ganon yeah. in that. Ooh, ooh, you're gonna get a I would lot. Love of to fi- play as this game's Ganon, dude. A lot of thirsty people. Hey, oh hell yeah, me too. I'm right there with you, baby. I want to play as I want to play as hydrated Ganon. I'm gonna be honest. I'm I'm not that drawn to drawn to Ganondorf in this. I'm not. Well, I, I yeah. love the design, but I'm not. I don't find him that sexy. I'm. I, I think. Yeah. I think Link's a little fair bit more handsome, to be honest. I'm more more of a Link man. And Can that, I say so? You know what? I this game made me like Link more than maybe any, any other Zelda game. Like Link to me has always kind of been a little like. He, he's like the, the blank slate. He's the player avatar. I liked Link quite a bit more in Tears of the Kingdom. It feels than, more like a character, doesn't Zelda he? Games. Yeah, yeah, it feels more like a character. Yeah. Yeah, because in Breath of the Wild, it's like, oh, he's a stoic knight. That's why he doesn't talk. It's like, right. It's like, oh, okay, <laughs> fair enough. But in this, it actually feels like that. It actually, like, I don't know if that's just me reaching or whatever, but, you know, honestly, to me, it actually feels like Link is just there to protect Princess Zelda and 
he, he truly well, and, is just like stoic and doesn't say anything. And, and, <laughs> and it's not even it's it's that. And I I gotta speak vague here, but there there is, and you'll know what I'm talking about when I mention this. But there's a cutscene, there's a memory in this one where it is Zelda kind of talking about Link to to other characters. They're kind of like having a tea party almost, yeah. and they're and she's she's talking about Link. And the way that she talked about, it's like my, one of my favorite memories, cutscenes, moments in the game, the way she's talking about him and the way that she is putting all of her faith into him. And she's like, I like, I'm willing to do whatever it takes to sort of tee him up because I know, and I have the utmost confidence and faith that like he and I, we have saved the world together before. Like we've been through this trauma and we, like we can do this. I know that this is not going to be the way this ends, you know? And like, I really like almost like providing more characterization for Zelda in this game actually like embellished my thoughts and my feelings about Link in this game as a result. Like I liked him more in this one too. So I don't know, man. I, I thought that was really interesting. This is probably my favorite version of Link at this point. Yeah. Probably so. is me too. I remember I was watching, um, I was watching the trailer again, like the third trailer. I, I watch that every day. I still watch it every day. It just uh, like listen to the music on YouTube. People like cut it together where it's like no sound effects and stuff. I'm like, oh, oh yeah. I just love it so much. <laughs> I can't get it's enough so of it. Good. But like just seeing all that different shots of Link and like um, one of the first ones where he's looking back, taking the b- broken master sword off of his back and he's like looking back and the lighting sort mm-hmm. of like goes across his face. Um, yeah, I think it's a... Uh, my favorite link as well because there's always like you know twilight princess link like badass like you know he's a more he's an older more mature link and even like you know ocarina of time um just like the links in that in that game but yeah i, I quite like I, what i really loved about this game and breath of the wild back five years or six years ago um as well as just like this, this is the legend of zelda art style like it it, it really is just bringing like the cartoony aspect from uh, Wind Waker and Skyward Sword into like the more mature settings of Twilight Princess and Ocarina of Time. Like it's just the perfect amalgamation of both of them. So like when it, when I when I see Link and all the characters in this, this is like what I really see like the final form of these characters being. Which you know they won't be, of course. We'll see some some other sort of interpretations of them as we go forward. I hope. But yeah, no, it's just um really special and just like um I guess talking about just uh. The relationship with Princess Zelda as well. When in um one of the memories in Breath of the Wild, where Link, you know, saves Princess Zelda when she's been stubborn, she goes out on her own, and she yeah. gets she gets caught up with the enemy, and Link comes out last minute and saves her from from death. And that was like the moment where it's like you know this this is this is my man, <laughs> mm-hmm. essentially this is my yeah. knight who will protect me. And you see that character arc go into like this game where Zelda and Link they're like. They're, they're partners, they're one-on-one. And even from the very beginning of this game, you can see from Princess Zelda how she's sort of talking with Link and she's so excited and open about how she's feeling about the discoveries and everything that's going on. And uh, yeah, I guess that's why, you know, it sort of opened my mind to like a third game. Like, you know, what are the character interactions going to go with everything that happened in this game going forward? Right. Like, it's, well, that, uh, That's the thing, dude. It's like, and, and it again, these people went through trauma together. They, they, they went through hell and back together and, and doubly. So in this game, I mean, the, I, I look at it's, it's, it reminds me of the relationship I have with, with my wife where it's like, 
this is this is my ride or die you know like this is this is my ultimate partner to go through this life with where like we have been through hell and back you know and like we like we just we have struggled together we have overcome every challenge and trauma together and like just you are my person you know like you are my that like you have that sense especially in this one that um that, that i really really like and and resonate with and and you got a little tinge of that in skyward sword there was a little you know i like the the relationship between link and zelda and skyward yeah they're great sword, in that game too yeah really good right but but like the the stakes are so much higher in this one especially again no spoilers but <laughs> what zelda goes through in this game and the thing that she is willing to do to basically tee up the ball for link in this game is just the ultimate display of faith and like trust in that like like i know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you are going to take care of this you know and like i'll do whatever and just what she goes through in the game i think is just it's i mean it's it's immaculate like i that really resonated with me yeah oh it's so special i wish i wish we could just openly talk about it but better not here yeah better not i know um yeah i know but yeah god (laughs) (laughs) good game good video game yeah i'm just i'm just so i'm just so happy we've got it like it's here it is what it is because there's i remember in 2017 where like horizon zelda persona all these good games were coming out so, oh my god like cross the mighty how we gotta we're mm-hmm. eating well and i remember mass effect fans being so disappointed like i'm i hadn't played any of the mass effect games at the time i'm like i felt so so sad i'm like that's not fair don't get me started don't get me yeah. started on mass effect drew i, I, I won't <laughs> but it's, it's it's never fun when you see a fan base like hurting it's like oh it sucks, right. man it's like so I'm just I'm just glad that that's not us <laughs> this time, right? Right. Because <laughs> yeah. um, um, you know the discussion with Redfall over on the Xbox side of things from uh, um, Avalanche, not Avalanche. What am I thinking about? Arcane. Arcane. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. I'm like that sucks. Man. I, I was never looking forward to that game. It's not my type of game, but it it, it kind of sucks on their behalf too. Like oh, I wish wish they had a great game to play. But, I want every game to be good. Yeah, right? absolutely. I want, you know. And uh, so. sort of going into the, like game of the year discussions this year, like I hope something pushes Zelda out. Like if something else is better than Zelda, I'd <laughs> be a damn good year. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, yeah. just like, I'm going to lose my shit. If I play something else, which just like, oh, this is better than Zelda. Like, oh, <laughs> just the game. It's been like, an awesome year oh, though, dude. That's oh, like, so I, I have a hard time imagining another game overtaking zelda for me this year like i really can't imagine that happening for me personally yeah but at the same time like i i just started playing diablo 4 just came out oh yeah that's amazing it's like that's amazing uh you know despite the bugs and stuff i hear jedi survivor is really good we have the re4 remake street fighter 6 apparently is amazing like it's been a great year for video games like already and we're in june yeah (laughs) that's crazy um, cause so. like I've been, uh, I've been a bad boy. I've been uh, like buying them and like putting them in a pile. <laughs> like, oh, even, sure. Like, especially on the PlayStation side, I'm like, I'm, I'm going to get to Resident Evil 4. I'm going to get to Jedi Survivor. I picked up uh, Street Fighter 6 today. So nice. I've got him, I got him in a pile. I'm like, I'll get to you. And like, if, one day, if, 
if Jedi Survivor's like half as good as Zelda, I'm like, oh, oh fucking, this is a good game. That's <laughs> what I'm saying, dude. Saying like, like, you know, just like I am just so amped up and excited about video games this year. And it's a, it, it's all due to like my mindset at the start of the year. Where I'm like, I'm going to play more games. I'm going to finish more games. And that's just sort of lined up with a year that's just just been so impressive. Even like on the more niche side of things where like I tell you, Rise of 3, Mm-hmm. like i played through the first two games and like these games are awesome and like they're very they're, they're like 30 hour rpgs you spend a lot more time on them but to finish the main story that's how long it took me and they're just absolutely fantastic as well to like finding a new love a new series and playing stuff that i missed and like stuff like zelda comes out and even like even other stuff from nintendo like i, I know you weren't a massive fan of it but um i'm sorry in the lost demon the like the bayonetta oh, yeah. um origins yeah. Like I really enjoyed that and um, Fire Emblem, which I haven't finished yet, but yeah, um, yeah, I've still got to go back and finish that. Kirby but, Return to Dreamland Deluxe was good. Yeah, a I'm, lot I'm, of people. I'm still chipping away at that. I'm playing that yeah. so slow. <laughs> I had a good time with it, you know, and like um, e- even like Advance Wars, like some of the like you said, I wasn't a huge fan of Bayonetta or Advance Wars, but like I recognize the objective quality of those games, you know, like it, it didn't vibe with me, but I recognize mm. like, yeah, like what a year, like what a year already. And then like on the horizon, we've got Pikmin. Of course they, they just revealed uh, the true game of the year. Everybody's one, two switch is coming oh, later yeah. this month. Oh God. <laughs> when I, when I saw that, I'm like, Oh my God, it's, it's real. Oh Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. They're actually bringing it out. Wow. All right. I'm going to pick it up. I'm gonna be honest with you. Ask I'm gonna pick it up on that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Thirty bucks for me. I'm like, you know what? The I actually had some fun with the first one. Oh, I did Switch. too. I did too. I did um, too. It's just too expensive. It was too content light and it was too expensive. But this, thirty bucks. Yeah. Why not? I'll yeah. bite. I um I loved One Two Switch at launch. I spent seventy dollars on it, Australian. Um, yeah. I'm like, that is way too much. But way too know, much. When, when you buy a console, you're like, you know what? I'm picking up everything. <laughs> I'm picking up right, Zelda. Right, totally. I'm picking up one, two, switch. I'm picking up Bomberman. Uh, Shovel Knight. Bom- <laughs> I, I didn't get Bomber Knight, actually. Um, Bomberman, sorry. I didn't get that, but I got a couple of um, uh, other games on just the eShop. Um, but mm, it, it, Snipper clips. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was great. Just like, I remember being in my kitchen and I said, I was like, Mom, look what I got. Like, I went over to my mum's place and I'm like, look what I got. Like, you know, switch, like, yeah, that's cool. Like, you know, whatever. And I like, took the things off the side and like handed the Joy-Con. And we did like the fashion the fashion parade where we're like, you know, you put yes. your Joy-Con on your hip and like you're walking, pretending you're on a runway, doing like the poses. And we were just it's like, we in our kitchen, just like in tears, cracking up. And it just, it, it highlighted to me, like I've been playing Zelda all day with my friend, just like really nerding out, like learning all the systems and that. And then the console completely changes into this casual machine that you can just drop in the middle of right. nowhere. It doesn't have to be in the lounge room on the TV like the Wii with Wii Sports, but it is just put onto the table and like your just imagination goes wild and you're just laughing, having fun. It just becomes like a, a board game almost, really. Totally. Yeah, and, I, um, I think that game is actually a little uh, yeah. unfairly maligned. I, I think that... It's Nintendo's they, fault. It's had, too much. It's too it much is. Money. That's the thing. That's exactly what it is. If that had been a pack-in game, like if they had just bundled that with the Switch, I think people would have been way nicer to it. Or if it had been half the price, people have been nicer to it. Um, even if like they just dressed it up, like that could have been a WarioWare game. Right, that could have been like a like something like that if they had dressed it up a little bit differently. Um, 
but but like I definitely had fun with it. And and so I look at this and I'm like, the price is right. You can play it with your smartphone now instead of just your Joy-Con, which mm. I think is smart to tap into that kind of like Jackbox kind of scheme. You can get more of the family involved versus it being like a 1v1 thing. Um, yeah, like I'm kind of looking forward to it. If, if it is as fun as the first one, like whenever we go over to my parents' house and like play play with my nephews and my mom and dad and yeah, for 30 bucks, I'm going to bite. I'm going to see what's going on with it. It's funny to joke around and say like, oh, the true game of the year is, is coming, you know, <laughs> um, and it's an oddity for sure. But like, I, you know, it's a pretty low ask. Like I kind of like that they're willing to just float something as as weird and dorky as that out there where you look at the eShop listing and it has no trailer it just has a screenshot of like these people in a pink room with joy-con in their hand and that's the screenshot of the game and a man with a false <laughs> mask on just like all right <laughs> yeah. i don't yeah. know man i'm kind of into it yeah no i'm into it i've just got that um i'm a bit standoffish because of like you know the article from fanbite that came out being like yeah you know, this game was this game's in trouble they're really trying to figure out how to make it fun and now that it's just like there's no sort of fanfare, it's just it's coming at the end of the month and Yep, that's it. So it makes me a little bit worried. I think um I guess it's up to like you know, people like yourself to play it and report back yeah, on the podcast. Is it, is <laughs> it bad that, that has me that has me more excited actually? Like the fact that like because that was the whole this and everybody should read the the article uh RIP fanbite. I really liked fanbite, actually. Did great work. Um yeah. and and like Imran Khan's article on that everybody should go and look at that because it, mm-hmm. it was a really fascinating story about how they had put this out because regardless of anything else uh the first one to switch sold quite well like three and a half million copies or something like that which is a pretty big return on oh. what had to have been a small investment <laughs> on nintendo's part right oh, um, oh cross and, and <laughs> that would have made it for like a hundred thousand dollars i don't know I, <laughs> that would have totally. been so cheap Totally. Like it, it must have been, you know, let's let's get these actors in a room for a day and shoot the footage for whatever intro. I mean, it must have been such a cheap game to make oh. to sell three and a half million copies. They they immediately were like, well, like, yeah, like, let's make a like, let's make a sequel. And um, apparently it, it had been done for a while, but focus tested horribly. Mm. Like people like said, this is bad. Don't release it. And so Nintendo hasn't. And so it could either be. Now they're just saying, screw it. Let's throw it out 30 bucks and just see what happens. Or maybe because Imran's article came out a year ago, almost to the day. Yeah. Um, so it was either that, or maybe they did like kind of go back to the drawing board with it and said like, well, how about now? Like, is it, is it better now? Okay. Then we'll release it. So I'm actually like knowing that has me weirdly more excited for this than ever before. Like where, like now it's such an unknown. Now I'm like, this is either going to be an, a massive success or horrible. And for 30 bucks, I am in to find out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, fair enough. Because surely, <laughs> surely they're in the position where they they can be like, look, let's just cancel it if it's bad. Right. So they, they, they don't have to release it. They just sold 10 million of Zelda and you know all, all their IP is just selling mm-hmm. just better than they ever have. They don't have to be like, all right, well, we've got to make a return on it. We've got to make a return on you know, this game. Yeah, they they don't have to. No. Not much. Yeah. So, yeah. No, I'm, I'm, keen, I'm keen to see what people say. I don't know how much it's going to cost here. Like 30 bucks, about 45 here. 
Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's still it's pushing it a little bit for like, pushing it. Yeah, because yeah. because the thing is, Seth, like I I don't I don't get around. I don't get out that much. So like right. my my use for this game might not be that much. But if I see like a couple of previews or something, maybe I'll say to Chantel like, "Would you like to play this?" She'll probably say no. Like that'll, that'll be the end of it. But but no, if I if I start going to people's houses more, pack the switch, right. but play this play this uh, game of like this man in the horse mask. Um, this is, <laughs> yeah. don't know. Yeah. I don't know, man. I think it's, I think it's cool. I, I really do like the, uh, that smartphone integration. Like, I think that's smart that Jackbox is one of our go-tos whenever yeah, we go yeah, to yeah. my family's house or something like, uh, we bring, I'll bring my switch and we'll play Jackbox. And it's yeah. gotten to the point where you got my mom and dad, my mom in particular. I mean, she's never played a video game in her life, but she can, she can rock Jackbox all day long. And so I, I think that's, if, if this comes out and it is well made, um, I think that's the appeal of something like this is because like um, it, it also was, and people forget about this with one, two switch. Cause everybody's too busy dunking on it. Even though most people probably didn't even play it. Uh, it was also a really impressive showpiece for HD rumble, like still one of the best uses of HD rumble. I think still to this day, it's not the only use switch. of felt, on my switch right right <laughs> it's yeah, incredible like, but yeah it, it actually feels like that weird game where you're like milking a cow it feels like i mean you would know like it, it kind of feels like you're oh, yeah, felt exactly udders. yeah it felt like an udder just slap an udder just like cross <laughs> this is great yeah. i felt like you're rolling like especially like the ball one in particular like this mm-hmm. feels incredible like but you, you think about it especially at launch you're like no, no game's going to use this and no game ever used that ever again. I think not to, um, not to that way. I think yeah. a couple of uh, indie games like they got uh, like the Rumble sort of strength like mixed up, or it was right. way too strong just because of the HD Rumble. So that's like sort of the only implementation of it was just like way too a strong Rumble that had to be adjusted in patches in other games. I think that was basically how it was used. And like yeah. the IR sensor in the the bottom of was it the the left or the right Joy-Con. Like mm-hmm. you never saw that again. Like you play the game where you're like yeah. eating, like trying to chew down all this food. You just like you never saw that again. I really like that stuff. Like I don't know. I know it's a little gimmicky or whatever, but it's fun. I'm kind of into that. Like it's fun. Yeah. Like I like how I like how kind of different that is, you yeah. know. And um, a lot of games, even in games that I consider to have like good HD rumble, you're right. They're kind of just like playing with the rumble in different ways. Where it's like for me. Um, I really like playing something like Okami HD, for example, on Switch. And that game has interesting HD rumble because when you're walking, you can feel Amy's footsteps in the handle oh, okay. of the, joy- of the yeah, Pro cool. Controller. So, and you can feel them individually, like all four of her paws just do, 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 do you know, and it feels nice and good. Um, but that's like about it. Like we haven't seen... Yeah. Like to where you're trying to guess the amount of marbles that are in like this box no. and you can actually feel them moving around. Like we haven't seen. And the, the harsh reality of it is, is because most people don't care. Most people don't. They, yeah. They're just like, they, they don't even notice it. So, I mean, that's the unfortunate thing, but I kind of like, I kind of hope that everybody's one, two switch or whatever is, uh, is, uh, or everybody one, two switch, whatever it's called. I, I hope that they do crazy HD rumble stuff again. I, I really like that about the first game. Yeah. I really I really just it'd be so good if this type of game was just like, all right, Nintendo Switch Online plays, here we go. Brand new party game, play it together. Packing. Yeah, just 
just go at it, have fun. Because um, I think because I've been looking at a bunch of reviews because I've just uh, pre-ordered uh, one of those Asus ROG Allies handheld oh, gaming yeah. PC, and like looking at all the reviews, like you know it's powerful, it does this and like whatever, but. Just the, the, the thing like whether it's a PlayStation or a PC or whatever, they just, like all of these functionality, whether it's in the Joy-Cons or even when it comes down to the battery efficiency and the the, uh, the, the quietness of the fan and stuff like that, like that that's what's important to Nintendo. And I think that's in it's honestly important for them to like keep in mind. Like we're thinking about like another Switch. We're thinking about, oh, look, it would be great if we can look at Zelda in, I don't know, 1440p, 60 frames a second. Right. Like that would be great. But when, when it comes down to it, like – these like super fun things only Nintendo can give us. Um, we haven't thought of yet, and we will get in the next system, which we, which I'm super looking forward to. And it's um, you know, Breath of the Wild in particular, not Breath of the Wild, Tears of the Kingdom in particular, has really sort of shifted my mindset. Been like, just give me a really like you know efficient, quiet system that has like a new sort of fun thing for developers to be able to tackle, even if it's not every single game, but. You know, just like every now and again, we'll get like a one-two switch or some WarioWare game that utilizes it, or even you know the equivalent of a Wii Sports, where it is like a just a fun game to get around. And then we can go back to you know playing Zelda and Mario, just the more traditional ways. But it is it's definitely sort of highlighted um, how I feel about Nintendo because I th- I think a lot of people are antsy about a Switch Pro because we had no other options. We didn't have a PlayStation Portable that we could go to and be like, all right, this is where I'm going to play some. 4k mm. 4k uh, handheld gaming or whatever have you but when it comes to when it comes to handhelds we, we just had nintendo but now with like these like these portable pcs I feel like we've got a bit of an option for that somewhere else but now we can sort of focus right. on just like the gimmicks and I, I mean i mean gimmicks in a good way i think gimmicks are, are fun unless they're mm-hmm. unless they're not fun <laughs> like maybe the wii u that wasn't really a well utilized gimmick but sure. you know when it comes to another nintendo console i just really want to be sort of blown away with the ideas they come up with because they can be so creative and maybe with a lot of switch games we just sort of seen them pull back on what makes the switch truly unique which is like the stuff in the joy cons and gone back to stuff that has honestly worked and favors a lot of the more hardcore games um but hopefully next time they've got like a bit more of an idea of what people want now like the switch was just like all right we need to save our company and it did but now they've right. got an idea like what people truly want from the Switch. A lot of research and development is going to go into the next console. So maybe we'll see something that actually gets utilized a lot more as far as maybe the more unique traits in another the next console. But I hope but, so. I don't know. It's, it's going to be sooner than we think too. I think it's going to be like, you know, next year sometime probably. I think it's next year. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So, you know, God, it's gonna be fun to be a content creator around Nintendo that time. Jesus. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I I think um for for me and I don't know what it looks like. I don't know if it's like a true Switch Two, if it's a Switch Pro. I I don't know if I want it to be or need it to be vastly different. But to your point, you, you mm. make such a great point that I think not a lot of people make when it comes to this conversation that there are there's way more competition now, you know, and it's similar to what we saw in the Wii where like the Wii comes out and all of a sudden you get Connect and Xbox land, you get PlayStation move and PlayStation land, you know, Nintendo innovates and Nintendo sets the trends. And when the switch comes out, you don't get a steam deck before you get a switch. You don't get the, you know, Asus rogue or whatever, before you get a switch. Mm. I mean, these, these people are kind of like picking up the ball 
from Switch. And there are a lot of people who, you know, especially in terms of power, there's like no contest. So um, it's going to be interesting to see how Nintendo responds to that. Because now you're not the only... It's what I, I, I say about Bethesda games the same way where like Bethesda used to kind of get away with it. Like their, their games used to come out and they'd be buggy and whatever, because they were the only kids in the park. They were the only ones with the ball. It's not the case anymore. Like you've got competition now. So like you have to think about what actually makes you different. And for Nintendo, I think what they've been really great about in the switch era is games. Like it sounds simple, but like they, not only is the switch like a, at the time it released anyway, this crazy, innovative, magical piece of tech, but they had really good games at a consistent clip. We haven't really had a dry spell, really. Yeah. You know, like yeah. not, not a significant one. It was just uh, COVID, really, that caused the right. dry spell. Like, you know, 2020 right. was pretty dry, but we still had the, <laughs> the biggest uh, Switch game that, well, the second biggest Switch game that ever released. So that tied us over for, <laughs> for a little bit with Animal Crossing. You know? They just, they, I, I feel like there's, there's just a really steady clip of just good Nintendo games, which is not something we're seeing in the other. I mean, Xbox, the amount of like high quality first party software they release is a bit of a joke. I mean, like you, you look at stuff like, like Redfall, everybody's kind of hoping that Starfield hits because Redfall didn't. Hi-Fi mm-hmm. Rush was great. But like these are exceptions rather than the rule. And then over in in PlayStation land, yeah, you get your God of Wars and you get your Horizons and stuff, but they're not releasing as consistently as the stuff on Nintendo. We mentioned just in this chat, Fire Emblem, Bayonetta Origins, Advance. So they don't have to be like tentpole, triple A releases, but like these are still high quality first party exclusives. And I do think exclusives matter. I do think that like the, that making good games matters. Of course. You know, <laughs> yeah. I, I think it matters. I, I really do, you know, and I think that it has so much to do with the mind share of like what we're seeing with something like Xbox. And they're really more concerned about selling Game Pass than they are with Xbox as a brand. Like I think that making good games just does nothing but strengthen your entire situation. Nintendo's doing that better than anybody right now. Yeah. I really do believe that games make or break a company like like uh, I, I always say like breath of the wild is probably the most important game nintendo's ever released mm-hmm. like, obviously you can go back to the original mario or mario 64 or of like, course yeah of, of course but truly nintendo was out of the conversation it was 13 million hardcore nintendo fans that said look i need mario kart and smash and the, <laughs> yeah like those were the driving games for wii u and the rest was like like cherry on the top like oh captain toad or yoshi's know, woolly world yeah the yeah. stuff like that like fantastic games but none of them were gonna move systems so when when it came to like um when it came to the switch coming out they needed a, a, a just a massive game just to like e- even like um even if it was mario odyssey i feel like mario odyssey wouldn't have been enough to kick the switch yeah like like breath of the wild did like oh look another great mario game that's fantastic but they needed the game just to really capture this the zeitgeist and zelda did just that and you know it's just extraordinary how that company was able to come back from such a horrific failure in every regard just from just their software software output to the the hardware that they did and we had fun in the Wii U era. There was a lot of great things, you know. Totally. Pers- the personalities came out. The Amiibo, 
you know, Smash, all these great games, but it was really you know, the Switch that, you know, they, they just pulled it off so well and it was through games. It wasn't through that, oh, you can also play Blu-rays on it so people picked it up. It wasn't because it did something else. It was purely for, from games. Like the Switch does nothing mm-hmm. else but play video games and it's, and it's the third best video game console of all time. Mm-hmm. And um, that's purely through games. It's not because of the DS where people were coming in and being like, oh, look, I'll pick up some some casual. Well, well, we probably actually lined it up pretty well with the DS. That's probably not a good comparison. But the PS2, where like so yeah. many PS2 sold just because it was a, a DVD player. Like totally. When, when you go to like a, a motel room or you, you rent a, we rented like an RV and they had like, everything's got a PS2 there just because it's a cheap, small DVD Easy. player. Yeah, totally. Thousand yeah. percent. And you can see how many people were playing games, like buying games on the PS2. Like, game was a fair while ago now, but you know the games weren't selling as well as they are on Switch. Like, just from like each title. So it's just super, super impressive to see. And like you were talking about, um, you know, Sony and their output and Xbox. I do think for like the next Nintendo console, I really think they should stick to the path where you know power isn't the priority because Agreed. we're seeing we're seeing the the trends where like you know PS5 comes out so, oh my god it's got it's awesome the games look fantastic they run really well they load really fast but the games they're so they take so long to come out they're so expensive and these companies are becoming so risk adverse like 200 million dollars for each of these games to make if mm-hmm. not more and in the most recent like um, state PlayStation showcase, we're seeing it affect PlayStation just in their want for more multiplayer-centric um, games of service titles where they can generate this money back and they can right. and they aren't just on the treadmill of just chasing like hopefully that like each game won't flop. And right. we're seeing like on the Nintendo side of things, like you know, there's like, oh Pikmin, that's not gonna, that like that's going to be a great game. It's going to be fun. It's awesome. But it's not going to be like a massive game where if that flops, that's going to be like yeah, a, a totally big, make or break. Yeah, yeah, make or break. And same with Fire Emblem and their partnership with Platinum Games with Bayonetta and Mario and Zelda. Like you know, Zelda's massive and awesome, but it's not like on on a just from a technical aspect as far as like the amount of money that they've got to pump into like assets and graphics and everything. It's not on the same level as like a God of War, for mm-hmm. example. So I think it's actually quite smart to like hold back on the technology side of things so like they can actually keep up with the demand of games that people want from them because um otherwise imagine just being like all right one game from nintendo a year if that yeah <laughs> like it. that's what we're seeing and for with the other people right that's that's what yeah. it is and and i like um you know you're I, i'm completely in agreement with you because the 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 point about the other folks being risk averse because of everything being so expensive. When things cost a lot of money, you take less risks. You want to make sure you're doing something that is going to make you back the money you're putting into it. So like Nintendo is way more willing to kind of like throw stuff at the wall. They're, they're, the reason I think I'm still such a big Nintendo fan today is because is because of exactly what you just said, that the, their games don't cost as much to make. So they're able to try out new things and like if it doesn't work then all right you know whatever like it's fine we'll we'll bounce back but at least they tried it like for god's sake try it like at least give it a shot 
something new and interesting that isn't just like the same tried and true thing that you know is going to make you money. So like in a weird way, you know, we're all laughing about everybody one two switch, but thank God they're making something as weird as that. You know, yeah. thank God they're making something as dorky and stupid with this horse head dude is putting this out. You know, like, I, I don't know. I'm really into that. I like yeah. that a lot. And I, f- I feel like they don't get credit for it either. Like, I feel like they do get the reputation of that, like, all they do is the same thing and again and again. It's like, well, right. I get, like, from the outside perspective, it's like, oh, look, it's Mario game coming out. Oh, look, it's a Mario game coming out. Okay, I, I guess. But the, if that's look, all you care about, if that's all you're looking at, then yeah, that's all you're going to see. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, but just like each one's so different, it tries new things. And mm-hmm. um, I think when you pay a bit more attention as well, like, you know, you see like the sub series where it's like, oh, look, I haven't got a Mario Kart game in like eight years. <laughs> right. But, um, but like, you know, the Mario sports games are all like different series and the 3D titles, we haven't got one of them for six years. And um, yeah, it's just it's um it's a great co- it's a great company to follow. They're very frustrating, but you know when um when they hit, they certainly hit. Like yeah 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 for sure. I mean, like look, I I get as frustrated with <laughs> with <laughs> Nintendo's like weird decisions as as much as anybody else, and I don't think they're they're perfect by any stretch of the imagination. But um, but but like at the same time, like in terms of like making games like nobody's doing it better and like nobody's doing it at that at that level and i also i like the point too about keeping the the advantage they had with the switch about it being underpowered is that they also i think it was it was actually quite instrumental to the switch's success because they were also able to be on the shelf when nothing else was like in Mm. a period of time when we had chip shortages and the pandemic and stuff and they literally couldn't make enough ps5s or xboxes to put on the shelf nintendo was like well we still are using these old things and we can we can sell these as fast as you'll buy them you know they've, they've never even really felt the struggle of that so i i think that is also like they, they nintendo hasn't really cared about being contemporaneous with power since like the gamecube really they they don't really care about that anymore they don't have to you know and it just goes to show the success of the switch i think just goes to show that you know, it's about fun. Like fun is king when it comes to this stuff. Not power, not any of that. It's fun. Yeah, you know? I was listening to a um uh another show where they were, they were discussing like the switch. Like they were saying that there's nothing on the switch that like there's nothing on the PlayStation Five, for example, that can't be done. Like that brings like brand new experiences that can't be done on the switch. I was thinking, like, oh, that sounds ridiculous. Like, you know, the PS5 is that much more, like, powerful and, you know, can do all these things and open up bigger worlds, prettier worlds, et cetera, et cetera. But mm-hmm. truly after playing Zelda, I'm like, it, it really comes down to, like, just the creativity from those who are making the games. And uh, I know it's such, a, it's such a high bar. I would hate to be a developer being, like, pointed that, be like, all right, you make right. one of these. So I crossed. <laughs> I don't think right. so. Um, yeah. But it's uh, it's it certainly opened my eyes, just like what the next system system can be. But but personally, like, how how do you feel about what you want from another system? Like, I think to myself, like, if they give us some sort of flexibility where 
if we want, we can go and get another dock, which has like power that, you know, ups it to 4K and whatever have you. But do you think that adds a little bit too much more complexity for the developers or even more importantly, the the customers? Because I think like the Switch, it's like, go and buy one, put it on your TV, the kids will enjoy it. But like when it becomes like a bit of like something you got to research, like, oh, do I need the the dock that costs more and like right do you reckon right. that'll be sort of getting the way because i feel yeah just with the switch it it's so successful because it is just so simple it's just go and get one it, it switches it's in the name that's it so i yeah. don't know it's interesting because i feel like the people who i feel like the people who care about that are the people who like would be into that anyway like the people like you and me who would buy a dock that like when it's docked, it upscales to 4k or whatever. Mm. Like the, the people who care about that are the people who will do that legwork, you know, like, whereas the average person, the kids or the parents buying it for their kids or whatever, who don't care about that, they don't, they won't need to engage with it. And so like they, they don't have to, and it actually doesn't, I don't think matter all that much if they don't understand it because it's a little bit of a premium, you know, thing anyway. I don't know if that's what they're going to do or not. I think that could be interesting. Um, but I, but I do, um, I, I do like the idea of like the, the hardware refresh switch pro switch to whatever it is being all in one still like being its own thing. Yeah. I do think it should, you know, uh, be at 4k if it's upscaled, if it's that like checkerboarding, whatever that is like, I don't want to look at like the 1080p pixels on my 4k TV anymore when I'm on the home screen on my switch, like I would rather it look nice and crisp and stuff like that. Again, even if it is just like a checkerboarding thing, like it would just be nice to see, to, to see that. And I think, I think that would go a long way. Um, Mm. It'd be nice to be able to get more, you know, a a better CPU that can run these games at like a a higher frame rate kind of across the board. I don't think we're going to get, like if it is like a switch pro, I don't think it's going to be that big of a leap. I think that, an upscale to 4k is probably like at the minimum, but like, it'd be cool if I, I think it'll be completely backwards compatible. They're not going to, they just Ooh, recently, I hope so. Like, I hope so. There's no way, <laughs> there's no way it won't be. They just sold over a billion software sales. Yeah. You know, it's like, you're not going to throw all that in the dirt. Like there's no way. Um, mm. I, so I think oh. <laughs> it can't, it just, can't. I know, I know I it can't, but it, who knows? <laughs> uh, I can't imagine it. That would be, that would be, such a huge misstep but um but it also for me like the form factor of it to me is like great it's solid i want them to take a completely different stab at joy con i want the joy con to be higher quality especially if you're going to charge this much for them like i was just looking at those new pastel joy cons they announced I'm like god they're so pretty but like am i really looking at paying 80 dollars at another set of joy con when like they don't work like they, they still have drift and Nintendo is not committed to improving these things at all. So like in the face of lawsuits, whatever, who cares? They're not fixing them. So like, I, I, I think that they need to take another look at like the actual hardware of it, like make it higher quality hardware in those things. Um, but that's really it. Like in terms of like the functionality of it, I don't need it to be a massive bump in power. I just need it to be backwards compatible, upscale to 4K, and hopefully higher quality Joy-Cons. And I would be really happy with that. Oh, and if we're going to lean into cloud gaming as much as it seems like we are, improve the Wi-Fi card in that thing. 
Oh. Make sure that the, the, <laughs> yeah, every dock yeah. has the Ethernet port standard. Like, if we're going to do this, then you need to kind of be about it, <laughs> you know? But that's about, like, I don't need, like, a huge, crazy change. I just need, like, a little bump, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah, I feel similar. I ho- hope we don't go too far into the cloud gaming as much. Uh, me, as yeah, I, me too. As much as I say it's the future and, like, the benefits of it, I live in Australia. I got shit internet. Um, <laughs> I tried um, with uh, Xbox uh, Game Pass. Like, oh, look, uh, cloud streaming is available in Australia now. I'm like, oh, let's give this a go. I'm like, this this isn't a slideshow. This is just a this is just a <laughs> screenshot I'm, I'm trying to play. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> dude. Like, yeah. Uh, I'm like, I, I've got no hope of this working. And uh, yeah, I was, I was trying to play like Forza Horizon 4. I'm like, yeah, no, this ain't, this ain't going to work. I can't even remote play my PS5 local oh yeah like it's just because um they, they announced that handheld at the uh at the showcase i'm like right i would love to use that if i if it just worked like the wii u where i just pick up the controller turn it on streams to the screen perfect I, i'm all mm. about that but it just it doesn't work <laughs> it's like because <laughs> that, that, that's the thing about the wii u like poo poo it all you want and i do trust me but yeah the way it streams to the game pad, pad it did work flawless i never yeah. had a problem Unless I went like between a wall or something, right? But, like no lag, no latency. Like it's perfect. Yeah, I, so, I'm, I'm right yeah. there with you. If that that device would actually make quite a bit of sense for me, like especially now something like Diablo Four is out, I would love to be able to just pick up that thing and play Diablo while my wife is watching, you know, whatever TV show she's watching on the TV. Yeah. I could still sit on the couch next to her and play. I'd be way into that. Um, if it, if it works well, but I suspect we don't know for sure, but I suspect it's going to use that same remote play oh, technology they have. And trash. it just, you might as well be on your phone, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm like crossing my fingers. I'm like, hopefully that, hopefully it just interacts like straight with the PS5. Like it's got I something, hope. cause it's got something built in it that is not on your phone or laptop mm-hmm. or whatever like but just interacts with the thing instead of to going justify to the, its existence. Yeah. Cause, <laughs> yeah. cause I'm going to get one, keep the receipt and uh, try it. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But if, if it's just like, because I tried it on my phone the other day, I'm like, oh, let's give it a go. I might get one of those backbones or something, like just play it on my phone even. might be a bit cheaper option, but it's, like, yeah. it's blurry. It's like two seconds behind my button presses. Right. I'm like, yeah, yeah probably not. I was, I was thinking about playing some RPGs or something on it, but even then, I'm like, no, I don't think so. It's just, yeah, I'll, I'll, that's what I'll, I'll wait to hear what you have to say about it and other people have to say, and especially the price too. Like, that thing is probably going to come out and be like $300 US and there's just no reason for it to be that much. There's just not. Like if that thing is more than like 199 US, it's overpriced. It does not need to be a $300 thing. Yeah. It's a controller with a screen on it. That's what it is. <laughs> Cuz uh it's going to be so expensive here cuz um yeah. A DualSense controller is about 120 bucks and the yeah. uh did like uh, the Elite controller, um, the, the Pulse, no, the whatever. Uh, what is it called? What's it yeah, called? I forgot what's called. Uh, um, that's like that's three hundred and sixty dollars here. So can Ooh. you imagine? Can you imagine what a <laughs> that the screen and the battery is going to cost? Yeah, like oh my god. Um, so yeah, yeah. It, it might price me out anyway. So might not have to worry about it. Yeah, man. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna be really curious to see how that all works because like yeah, like. The idea of it is is appealing to me, but yeah, I don't know. I'll I'll wait for your report. I'll wait to hear your your take. 
I wonder how many people it will chip off of like Nintendo's audience. Like people will be like, oh, I can play this in my house. Cool. I don't need my Switch anymore because I only play at home anyway. I wonder, like, obviously not many, but right. I wonder, like, if there's a many people out there like, oh yeah, remote play. That's fine. That's fine. I'll just play my games on PlayStation and I'll be able to play handheld at home. And don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, I still defer to games on that because, I mean, like, yeah, like you can maybe it takes a little bit away, but like at the same time, like you're not going to be able to play Zelda on it or Mario of course, on it yeah. or Pokemon. Go back to the games, yeah, you know, right. That just goes to show, I think like that's, that's the thing is like, there, there are people who I've especially seen narrative, uh, this narrative lately about like how exclusives don't matter and games don't matter. I was like, well, yeah, they do. Like they just, (laughs) they just do. And, and like, I think that it kind of justifies the existence of some of this hardware in a lot of cases. And if it wasn't for, to your point earlier, if it wasn't for breath of the wild, like the switch wouldn't have hit the same way it did at launch. It just wouldn't have you know, a great game at launch like that completely justified the existence of, of the system. Like, so I, you know, I do think that that stuff very intensely matters. I think Nintendo's aware of that. And yeah, as, as good, like, even if that thing, even if that project Q or whatever it is worked optimally well, like just to the best possible and the price was right and everything else still doesn't have Zelda, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, Yeah. I guess uh, I guess a lot of these um, handhelds like the Steam Deck and that I guess they I guess they te- technically might have Zelda. If yeah, if you want to do a little little piracy, yeah, yeah. For sure. Oh, <laughs> that that drives me nuts. Like I'm I'm not like opposed to piracy, but for like a a modern console like that, yeah, I'm, I agree. Especially Zelda, I'm like, please buy Zelda. We want yeah. an, I want another one. Like this is yeah. Like if if you want to pirate um I don't know one two the new one two switch I'm like, yeah I guess you play that on your Steam Deck <laughs> pop off I guess <laughs> yeah I don't like the idea of pirating something that is modern and yeah. readily available just for the sake of doing it like I I don't see the value in that for me mm. like I I don't emulate many things at all I actually just recently uh did Dolphin for the first time oh, Dolphin's boy, awesome man Naughty yeah. Seth. And uh, first time ever, I've never done it before, but I wanted to, I'm doing a Keep Nintendo Weird episode soon on uh, Ribbit King for the GameCube. And uh, that game is prohibitively expensive on the aftermarket now. It's not readily available on any service or anything like that. You want to get that game, it's like $300. It's like, yeah, you know what? No, I'm not going to do that. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. Because yeah. uh, there was somebody local, they were selling their GameCube collection. Like they had every GameCube game you could think of. I'm like, so I said to him, like, how much do you want for the lot? And he's like, 10 grand. I'm like, yeah. don't, have, don't have 10 grand for GameCube games. And I'm like, all right, so break, give me like an individual price. I'll, I would like to get, you know, the games, a few games I'm missing. I've only got like a handful of GameCube games. I missed the GameCube. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm like, I'm like, oh, look, WarioWare. I wouldn't mind um, getting the WarioWare on GameCube, having the collection. He's like, yeah, uh, $500. Like it was, it yeah, was, no. it was, it was sealed still. I'm like, oh know. yeah. I'm like, um, yeah. The Pokemon XD, yeah, that's four hundred. Oh, Gale of Darkness, yeah. yeah. Paper Mario, yeah. two hundred and fifty dollars. I'm like, no, it's crazy, dude. Yeah. yeah, no, it's it's too much. And like, so in a situation like that, like I don't feel terrible no. about emulating Ribbit King on the GameCube. I'm not <laughs> beating myself up over that. All right, but no. I, uh, 
and, and like it's the same thing with like something like uh like mother three for example where it's like you've got these fan translations that are really good and people who are putting in the legwork to make this game available for people who want to play it um and nintendo's not releasing that over here localized localized or not they're not releasing it so like in a situation like that where I literally have no recourse other than emulation, then I'm okay with it. But in a situation like Zelda, like if you're going to emulate, I mean, ultimately do whatever makes sense for you morally. But if you are going to emulate Zelda, uh, the, the, the justification of like, oh, well, I can't afford it. That is not good enough for me. Gaming wow. is a luxury hobby. Sorry, it just is. And if you can't afford to buy your games, then you have bigger problems. You know, like you should be taking care of your IRL stuff yeah. than worrying about playing games. They're also not uh, that expensive where you can't, like you, you can save up for it, you know? It's totally. not like, it's not that out of the You're picture. not buying a car. Yeah, right? exactly. It's not like, well, I've got to steal a car, otherwise I can't get to the other, <laughs> I can't get to my job, so I've just got to, <laughs> right. whatever. But, you know, it's, it's yeah. crazy. Because I was watching a Linus Tech Tips. He did an unboxing for the Legend of Zelda um, OLED. And um, in that video, he's like comparing it to um, just like a normal Switch with a with a, a skin, like a fake Zelda skin on it. I'm like, oh, this is cool. Oh, yeah. And he was saying how excited he was for the game. And then he's like, oh, I'm not playing it on Switch though. Like, I'm like, even though he bought the game, he's got a Switch and he's going to be emulating the game on PC to get the benefits from that particular hardware. It still rubs me the wrong way. I'm like, me too. Just, yeah. Man, just play, play it on the switch. It's not, I don't know. Like, so I'm, 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 I'm just not so. I'm not a massive like just frame rate and resolution snob. I guess like I prefer it to be right. that. If I have a choice, where it's like, oh look, it's multi-platform, and a lot of games now, like I am saying, oh, I'll get the PS5 version unless I really want it to go on a trip somewhere or something. Right. I am, I am opting for the PlayStation version because, like, look, I want it to be like a bit more technically strong. And I've got plenty of games to play on Switch when I do go on a trip or whatever anyway. So there's no lack totally. of stuff to play there. But even like with Atelier Riser 3, there's not like a massive amount of difference, but it's just, I just want it to run a bit better and I've got the choice and I'll do it that way. But when it's like going to emulation to get something like that going, it's like, oh, it rubs me the wrong way, but ultimately it doesn't affect me. They're in their basement doing their own thing and anyone can do what yeah. they want. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm kind of there with you. I again, do it makes sense for you morally. At the end of the day, um, I think that it also kind of like I I also don't need to be like the the person preaching to you on the mountaintop. You know, no, just <laughs> ultimately do it makes sense to you. That this is how I feel about it, or whatever, and you can feel about it differently. Like no, nobody needs to argue about it or anything like that either. But I, I'm kind of I'm with you. Like I, for me personally, I'm like just you know just play the game as intended, buy it, and support the game too because I think it also is like it's a thing where it's like, and I know like the the recourse and or the discourse rather online is like. Oh, well, it's just my sale is a drop in the bucket. But if you're somebody like you said, like Linus Tech Tips, for example, uh, putting that forward to your audience, well, then actually you probably are making a pretty big splash in the game's success. If you've got a large audience who all of a sudden is encouraged to emulate this game that they could go and buy and support, then, you know, I don't know. That, that rubs me the wrong way, too. But it is what it is. Do it make sense to you? Yeah. You know? Especially like uh, with Kotaku when it came to like the Metroid situation with Metroid right. Dread, where they're like, "Hey, look, you can go and play this on an emulator." 
It's like, well, all right, well, <laughs> pop off, I guess. Yeah, it was like, <laughs> I know, know. You, I know, you, I know, you got a grudge with Nintendo, but fucking cross. Yeah, and then, right? and then they're like, why, why were we blacklisted? <laughs> yeah, well, I don't, well, I don't understand. Were they blacklisted before then, or was that the moment? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't want to speak authoritatively on it because I haven't, to be honest, I haven't kept up with Kotaku in a really long time. But yeah, um, but but I know that they were like upset that they were blacklisted or whatever and i'm like yeah. all right well because uh recently like they did the whole thing where they posted the the leaks from the breath of the wild leaks they did an mm-hmm. article on that and I, yeah. I i went i went back and had a look like you know now that i've played the game went back and had a look and they they, they pretty much <laughs> broke down the game no story spoilers but yeah and i was um i was sort of grumpy at that because not because they did it just because like they're going to spread it throughout the internet and are people that just want to spread it just to ruin other people's enjoyment of the game before launch, you know, it just sort of helps propagate that and spread it throughout the internet. Yeah. And I, I retweeted um like a Jim Sterling video where Jim mm-hmm. Sterling was, they were saying that they were, that like, you know, it's not Kotaku's fault or whatever and whatever. And I did a quote retweet and um, Jim replied and I got like, like a handful of like really hateful like fuck you like comments yeah. like, like Jesus Christ people are people are really uh, that's nah. the thing man so, like, that, just, that's that's kind yeah. of, it's the audience it's when you have an audience like like uh like they do um they'll latch on to you know to anybody mm. and all of a sudden you're the villain and you're the one saying this thing and you're a shill for Nintendo or you're a shill for Kotaku or whatever yeah. not that it's their fault or whatever and they were probably just trying to respond to you and have a discourse with you and I, I get that that's all fine and I also am kind of like when it came to that situation I was like all right well they're within their their rights to to leak it or whatever their journalistic rights and it's and it's up to the audience to if they want to engage with it or not and the proof will be in the pudding if the if it doesn't get clicks then they're not going to do it right so i um i I think that that's got a lot to do with it too but in the same breath if you are going to report on leaks like nintendo is not entitled to work with kotaku like, like Kotaku is not entitled to a code from Nintendo. In fact, there were pretty major publications who are in Nintendo's good graces that didn't get codes that I know for a fact didn't get codes pre-release or didn't get them until launch day. Mm-hmm. Like, so like Kotaku being blacklisted from Nintendo or whatever it is, it's like, well, you're well within your rights. And I'm totally like, do whatever you want to do. If that is what is paying your bills. If that's what's keeping the lights on over Kotaku, go for it. But like, you're not entitled to coverage. I actually, you know, I know that there's a bunch of, and that's the thing you talk about, like, uh, like Stephanie Sterling and like the Colin Moriarty, like these, like kind of almost like uh, controversial figures. Um, say what you will about Colin Moriarty, but like, I like the stance that they take on sacred symbols and his shows where it's like, we just buy all of our games. We actually decline codes. We don't get them early. We buy them, you know? And I'm yeah, like, I respect to, that too. I like that a lot. I, I'm like, I think that's a really, you know, cool way to go about it where it's like, it's not my opinion of it isn't colored at all. And I also don't carry any sort of entitled, you know, feeling about I, I should get this versus that because I'm in the media or whatever. And, you know, so. Yeah. It's, so, it's interesting for Colin because like um, I respect um, his stance on, I, I love sacred symbols. It's one of my favorite podcasts. I love last stand. Last Stand, I think they're a fantastic mm-hmm. podcast network. 
Um, but it's also like, you know, he's come from a point of view where he got like free games for years and years and years. And now that he can come and say, oh, fuck it. I've, I've made that. I've made so much money through, you know, my podcast network. I can easily buy right. my games. And even to the point where he's happy that he doesn't play as many games now because he was just so inundated with having to play it before release and all that. I can understand that would be, you know, tiring if that's not like your way of life necessarily. Mm-hmm. But it, it also also doesn't work for everyone necessarily. Like, you know, for example, totally. like like us, like we're, we're trying to like, you know, step into the arena and um, make our voices heard. And like, you know, for you, Seth, like, you know, you've taken like the full step in to be like a full-time content creator, mm-hmm. you know, making videos on games. And, you know, sometimes you do get like free copies of games to like talk about on the YouTube channel and things like that. And that is just incredibly handy because I think back to a good friend of mine, Eric. He was a Nintendo podcaster from Nintendo. Uh, sorry, not from Nintendo, from um, from South Australia as well. Mm-hmm. And he went full-time. He said, I'm quitting my job. He was a builder. He quit his job to become a full-time content creator. But just like the toll that had on his bank account, he couldn't afford games. So right. just like the whole thing, like, all right, I'm going to make content around games, but I can't afford the game to talk about it. And that does become like, um, you know, a bit of a reality for some people that, you know, they do need the sort of the access to some of these games. And I, I know, absolutely, for, yeah, I know for myself, like I buy all of my games except for, you know, the ones Nintendo um, offers me from Nintendo Australia. And I'm ex- just so grateful um, as far as, you know, them like, you know, allowing me the access because, you know, on years like this or even 2018, like I could not keep up with the games, um, especially like, you know, financially, like, you know, $80 each coming out and wanting to cover them um, as they're coming out. And it, it's just, it's incredibly useful as far as, as far as that goes. But, you know, it, it never sort of like makes me think like, oh, I've got to talk good about it necessarily. There's, right. You know, Mario Strikers, I got that game for free. <laughs> and I think that game is the biggest disappointment I think it's fucking awful. <laughs> I, mm. I never shut up about it. <laughs> so it doesn't um, doesn't necessarily uh, mean that. But yeah, no, yeah. I definitely I definitely respect um, respect his um, his uh, sort of uh, stance on it. But like you know, yourself as a full time creator, like you know, you've stepped into it. And um, how's how's that going for you this year? Because I know like it's su- such a massive thing to take on. And for for those that don't know, like Seth doing all in and now uh, carpool gaming. That's his full-time gig. He doesn't, um, you know, work part-time elsewhere or whatever. He's taken the sort of the massive step, you know, with um, him and his wife to to make it work. And, you know, that's just incredibly inspiring. I think it was inspiring when um, my friend Eric did it as well. But, um, you know, the way you're doing it as well, I think it's just really, like, commendable um, what you're doing because you're making it happen. And it's not because, like, you've gotten your, your millionth subscriber and you're, you're being sponsored by... I don't know, whatever massive company and you're making your million to millions of dollars. So you can, all right, well, I guess I'll just sit back now. Like you're making it work. You're making the sacrifices to yeah. um, allow you to do it, which is, um, yeah. and I think anybody can, you know, make those things, but they don't because of, um, you know, what's, what's lost in the, in the, it's hard. the process. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. not easy. So yeah, yeah, just like, you know, hats off. I, I really do like, you know, pay respect to that. And um, I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, and it, and it should be said too, that like, not only do I have an incredibly supportive wife and partner who pushed me to, to do it and she deserves all the credit in the world. And she has, you know, 
been been the one to like kind of struggle with me and stuff. She deserves all the credit in the world for that. Um, but also like we were in an advantageous position. Like we, all the moons aligned just right for me. We're like the, we, we came into this house and like what we pay for this house compared to current like prices on houses is incredibly low. Like we are so fortunate to, to be in the house that we're in for the price we pay for it. Um, in addition to that, we don't have kids. So like we, you know, we really are teed up pretty perfectly um, for, for this to, to happen. It's not going to make sense for everybody. You do have to make cuts and sacrifices and um, it, it's, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm thankful for it every day. I, uh, I never, I, I never stop being thankful for, for getting to be able to do this stuff. And even if it's something that like, I, th- that I'm not able to make a career out of, even if I do end up having to sort of, you know, go with my tail between my legs and whatever, you know, if that winds up happening, then so be it. But I would have kicked myself if I never tried, you know, I, it was, it was funny. I was talking to a friend of mine and he was like, you know, um, like working for somebody else was, that was never going to work out for you. (laughs) You know, like you kind (laughs) of needed to, to strike out and be your own person. You know, I, I am, um, it's, it's, I don't know if I put the, I, I guess I'm a bit of like a, like a rebel a little bit when it comes to that. I'm not, uh, I don't march the beat of other people's drums very well. And, um, and so it's nice to, it's nice to like be able to kind of be my own boss and make my own content the way that I want to, um, and get to, even if something doesn't blow up, take off or whatever, um, I'm at least like giving it a shot and putting things into the world that I want to. And yeah, to your point, like it is, you know, I'm not buying everything that comes out either. I can't afford it, uh, you know, financially. Um, and so it is, it is nice whenever I have the, uh, the, the good fortune to work with a publisher or whatever, who, you know, is, we're, we're, you know, showcasing their game on, on our platform or whatever, and getting to build something together and people who have like taken big chances on me and all in and who have sort of like thrown us, you know, a, a, a bone when they really didn't have to you know, and getting to make connections with people and become friends with people. And it's, it's the most gratifying thing I've ever done in my life. And like, it's very hard, very hard every day. Um, but, but like, it is the highlight of my, of my life being able to, to do this and, and, and kind of be in this way. And it it is, it's also hard work when you're your own boss. I mean, like the other day, my wife had the day off work and, I was just in my office for like 12 hours, you know, like I just am in here working and um, I'm trying, I'm still kind of learning. I've been doing this for almost a year now full time and I'm still trying to learn the balance, the sort of work life balance. Cause there's a really big um, struggle that comes with like figuring out kind of how you balance your day when you don't have to punch a clock when there's no, you know, there's no sundown. You can just keep going. Um, like, how do you, like, how, how do you force yourself away from it for your own mental health? That's something I'm still kind of learning. Um, and I do, I do a lot of stuff, even for somebody who is full-time. I know other people who do this full-time that don't do as much stuff as I do between all in and carpool. Um, but I really, really love it, you know? And like, it's the kind of thing where I want to encourage people, like if it's, 
if you can make those cuts, like it, it's not going to make sense for everybody, but if you can do it, like start actually looking at the barrier between you and what makes you happy. You know, like if you, if there is a barrier between you and what makes you happy, then actually look at it. Because if you have those barriers up, you can take them down too, you know, and maybe you can start to look at things like, well, like maybe I don't go to the movies every week. Maybe I, maybe I skip Starbucks a couple times a week or whatever. And all of a sudden I've created a little bit more money for myself and maybe I can cut here and there. And maybe, you know, maybe we don't got to go out to dinner twice a week or something like that, you know, and you can kind of figure that stuff out. And if you can, if you can make yourself live a little less comfortably, you can make yourself live happier too. And that, that, that's, it almost goes back to what we were talking about at the beginning of this conversation with like, when I was in Montana with my family, we had less money than ever, but we were happier than ever, you know? So that's yeah. it. No, it's definitely about like that balance. Um, just mm-hmm. trying to work out what that is. Cause you think about like your time and work, it's like, well, it's not even the time. How do I get more time? And you work about simply that like the money that you can like spend less elsewhere and put into another place and sort of shuffle things around. And you know, I, I dare say that's exactly what you've done and what you've worked mm-hmm. out with, you know, your wife and, it's just, uh, yeah, it's just super, just inspiring when people do stuff like that. I try, I um, early in the year, I tried to be like, all right, Fridays is going to be content creation day, and mm-hmm. you know, stuff shifted around to where it's like, well, you know, maybe I'll revisit that. I'm so that. bad at that. Yeah, I'm so <laughs> bad at scheduling out my week like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, might, might have to revisit that um, when things return to uh, normal a little bit more. But um, it's like when I, my main problem is like I sit down. It's like all right. I got the day and it, God, it goes quick. It goes so quick. I do like a podcast and edit this and do that. And it's in the day is gone. Day's gone. Yep. It's just it like, you know, an eight hour day at work, like a traditional job shearing on the farm, you know, it, go, it feels like eight hours, <laughs> if yep. not more. But uh, yeah, when, when you're doing stuff like this, like I can see like 12 hours, but like, oh shit, 12 hours I've done. It like, just flies by. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, oh man, I haven't eaten today. Guess I should do that. Mm. you know it's easy to forget yourself doubly easy for me i've always had that problem where i'll get hyper fixated on something and like even as you know like editing takes a long time and like this kind of stuff is not uh i know i know people like like to look at something like this and oh you're just playing video games all day and it's like no that's like that is probably the thing i spend the least amount of time doing Mm. is actually playing the games I'm, i'm spending way more time making videos about the games or you know, whatever, or recording a podcast or editing a podcast around them or whatever. So yeah. Yeah, man, it's a struggle, but you can like, anybody can make it happen. You just have to be willing to, I mean, really examine the the barriers between, between you and what makes you happy. And you'll, you'll see that you can, you can do it. Yeah. You know? Sure. I was, um, I was meaning to uh, send this to you the other day, but it's probably better. I can tell you in well, I don't know. Is this in person or is this in voice? Like, how, <laughs> how virtual do we dis- person. Yeah. How do we distinguish this? Distinguish this. But I was, uh, I was, I started off the day. I listened to some of your um, Patreon exclusive stuff, and mm. then it went to a carpool gaming thing. Then it went into like all in, and it, like it worked out to be like four podcasts all with you on it. I think you'll yeah. like you might have filled in for like a, another <laughs> another podcast and carpool games. So I had like half a day of um of Seth. Of just me, yeah. And I was I was meant to go to my I was meant to go to my history, screenshot it, send it to you, and be like, man, like your podcasting really matters. Like, 
what you do is just really inspiring um just from the way like you carry yourself i've learned like lessons from you just like how to talk about video games how to especially like how they make you feel you're really good at that it's just like Thank you. how do they make you like feel not just like oh look it didn't run at 60 frames so i was a little bit disappointed <laughs> right. i took it back and i got my money back like it, it's not that's not the interesting part of what's you know in a video game discussion and like that's something that i've really you know picked up from you which i you know i've got all the respect in the world for you and just like um especially like in the last few weeks or so like it hasn't been hasn't been all that great just like um you know as far as what's been going on but um that's where like your work's really been really meant a lot so when i was thinking about who i wanted to be on the show i'm like i really want seth and it sort of worked out with like the conversation we were having on twitter just about zelda so that yeah, worked out yeah. anyway i was like well well i'm here seth i've been meaning to ask let's do it but, yeah um, thank you man yeah no i'm glad i was able to tell you that because a lot of podcasters don't hear that like no matter how good or bad they are they probably don't hear anything like people just you know rightfully so download it listen to it that was great that got me through that car trip that was a that was a real fast car trip (laughs) because of it um but yeah man absolutely fantastic so like you know just want to let you know that taking all the time to do what you're doing the youtube channel the podcast all the stuff of carpool it means a lot it means a lot to everybody that listens to you and uh, I really do hope that you find the success that you're able to do this long term because I know like you're in the season at the moment, you're on the grind, but you truly deserve to be, you know, up there with like the greats on YouTube or in the video game industry. I think a lot of people need to hear your voice, man. Fantastic stuff. I'm, you make me cry, dude. I, 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 I really, I really appreciate that. I, I, that means, I mean, that means more than I can say. I, I really, I really do appreciate that. I, uh, yeah. Yeah. No, th- thank you for saying that. I, I mean, that that's, that's what you do it for, you know, like, like to hear stuff like that, to hear that what you're doing matters. I mean, that's, you know, I mean, that, that's, that turns my crank. That's the whole reason you do it, dude. And like, I, and to, to throw some of that back at you too, which is a classic Seth move. Oh, no. <laughs> a classic Seth move. Um, I, I'm inspired by, by you. And I've told you this too, of like, the way that you have reevaluated yourself and your content is inspiring to me. The way that it's like, Hey, house of Mario, like, guess what? We're, this is a solo show now, or Hey, guess what? We're doing the sleepover thing now, or I'm going to record this on my farm now. You know what I mean? Like, I love that dude. Like, I, I think that it's interesting too, because I'm seeing this a lot in our little world in our sphere of like content creators. A lot of people are in this kind of experimental season of like, you know, well, we've been doing for like, fuck that. Like, let's do something new. Like, let's break it a little bit and let's do something different. And, um, and I think that you, you do that really well. And I, I really admire your adaptability in the way that like, it feels like a natural extension of you, your ability to just go like I, and, and just like, it's not easy to do a solo podcast. Everybody drew makes it look easy. It's not. Um, so I, I admire that about (laughs) you a lot. And I, I, I'm inspired by, by you. And, and I, I mean, a lot of other people too. So, I mean, to, you know, to be able to hear this stuff, um, you know, not to just make this a, you know, a, a, uh, a, uh, <laughs> admiration session and ad- admire off, but, but I admire you a lot too, dude. I, I really appreciate you. Yeah. I appreciate it, man. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I think I'm pretty similar to you where it's just like, I'm, I'm easy to like deflect 
My, yeah. yeah. Classic <laughs> Seth move. Dude. Swat- the deflection. <laughs> yeah. Get it away. Yeah. Yeah. Because like for me, like growing up, I like if somebody said something nice, I'm like, oh no, I'm, I'm Brad. Oh so was, no. Oh yeah. no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause, like for example, if someone's like, oh, you know, you're a nice looking young man. I'm like, oh no, I'm not. I'm ugly. <laughs> right. Like you're right. Yeah. yeah. And like you know, you realize that you're saying that's only putting them down for even mm-hmm. putting themselves out there to say something nice because it's not easy to say something nice sometimes because right. you know otherwise it might happen more um <laughs> right <laughs> yeah no but, I, so, i've been that way yeah. my whole life dude but i i do i do really appreciate hearing hearing that from you from somebody that i respect it's not just like you're not just like some rando on the internet because they'll they'll throw the mean stuff to you just as easily you know so mm. i uh i really I really admire you and I appreciate hearing that from somebody that I admire as much as you mean, means a lot, dude. Thank you. No, no worries. Yeah. And, um, I was thinking to, to start wrapping things up. I heard that uh, Kid Icarus was one of your favorite games on 3DS. Yes. Yeah. Cause, um, you put out the call for keep Nintendo weird. I'm like, Oh, what game, what game's weird? I'm like, Kid Icarus. Like, oh, it's... <laughs> it is kind of weird. Yeah. yeah I, it's I'm, a little weird. I'll consider it. I do, but it's like it, sold like millions of copies like it's not right maybe not niche enough for seth but on one of the shows you were talking about like is it your favorite 3ds game is that what i heard totally mm-hmm. mm. yep it's definitely not even a question oh, it might be a question for me but god i love that game that's another game that blew me away when i was uh when i was playing it so what are some of your like your connections with um the kid Icarus series because for me i fell in love with pit and super smash brothers brawl he was mm-hmm. he was my main character and when he when like sakura i was like all right we're we're taking what we had in Super Smash Brothers and we're just reinventing the the universe in its brand new game. And I remember playing through it and just being just absolutely loving the back and forth between the characters, the music. And um, there, was a, there was even a particular chapter. This has been years since I played it, so it's a little bit rusty. But when like your soul goes into the ring and the little yeah. girl and the little girl picks it up and you start playing as the girl and the ring gets passed Dude. around. I'm like, yes. this is fucking awesome. Even though, what like, an awesome moment in that game. That, that oh that, yes, oh, that was. I awesome. still the music in that moment. I still think I have chills thinking about that. I don't know if you can see it. My my hair on my arm is standing up on end as you're saying that. Yeah. I love that moment so much. Yeah, that was mind blowing to me. I'm similar to you. I uh, I don't have any love or connection to the original Kid Icarus games. To be honest, um, it was Smash. It was Smash Brawl which I think was kind of the the big like reemergence of of Pit and like his his little world and stuff like that. So but he's got Icarus blades now. Whoa. Yeah, his bone arrow is badass now. What's going on? He goes on, ha, 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 all the time <laughs> when you do side B. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, that that I think that was what it was for for me and so when Kid Icarus Uprising came out, um that's when it sort of like entered in my my purview and I was aware of it being like what it was, which was this like 25 years on, you know, suddenly you get a new game in the franchise or whatever, but that game completely blew my mind when it came out. Like I just, to your point about like the, the moments in the story like that, like with, with the little girl, like that stuff is still even held up to today's standards. Like that is still such an impactful moment. And the way that game like completely, it feels like you're watching like a long season of a really good anime where it has like yes. arcs. Yeah. It has like, yes. Great way like to put it'll, it. yeah, it, it'll like end that game ends like three times basically. And like, I, and, and like, yeah, everything about it from like the, the Sakurai-ness of that game, like the, 
um, the, the sort of like the little extras and the, and the little interesting gameplay quirks that he adds into any, any and all of his games. Um, like the, yeah, the music is incredible. It's one of the best Nintendo soundtracks in my opinion. Um, mm-hmm. the characterization, that, oh, that first uh, boss, like battle music. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I go back to so many moments. Like I said, the music of that, that scene with, with the girl, uh, like sticks out to me or Island sticks out to me big time. Like coming in like that, like so weird. And like that, that like it becomes like alien and kind of like jazzy a little bit. Like it, it's very, it's very, very good. I, I have a lot of love for that game. And that, it actually reminded me of playing Tears of the Kingdom reminded me a little bit of how I felt playing that game where I was like, just the whole time, like, I can't believe what's happening right now. Like I get like, I can't believe what i'm playing right now yeah you know that that, that it, moment reminds me of like the moment in zelda where i'm like whoa like yeah yeah i've only it's got like, a handful of games where i felt like i was like whoa what's going on here like just super like, surprised this just got amped up like mm. this this just became like this just got real yeah you know and and like kid icarus has has a few moments like that where i'm just like oh my god like i can't believe this game is doing this and going here and i also I know a lot is said about the way the game controls or whatever. I I feel like and this is maybe a hot take, but like if you can just get over the fact that it doesn't control traditionally, it's a very non-traditional controlling game, certainly. But like I'm sat up on like our coffee table at our old house with that thing on a stand and playing it, you know, like in a totally awkward and stupid way. But like, I swear to God, it felt good when I got used to it, I enjoyed playing it that way. And like, if, and when I do think they're going to, I, the rumor about them remastering it for switch, I do think it's going to happen. And I hope mm. it happens this year. I think it might be the perfect year to release it actually. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but like, imagine that up pretty on switch. And then like, you have like the, the kind of more traditional controls so that people who wouldn't even give kid Icarus uprising a chance, finally can because they have the switch controls but i'm just gonna say it like even if it has traditional pro controller controls it's not gonna feel as good as it did on 3ds i'm just gonna oh, say that you reckon it's gonna yeah yeah okay i if you get mm. used to those controls as weird as they are i think it is the most like precise way i'm sitting there with a weird claw grip with the the you know stylus in my hand and it's on a stand but like I'm telling, I just, I loved the way that felt by the end of it. By the time I got used to it, I really was into it and it was so precise. And I don't know, man, I, I really, I really, really love that game a lot. It's a very special game to me. Once I got used to the controls, I didn't think about it either. I was, um, I was like hunched over on the couch. That stand of it came with the game was on yeah. my chest. And like, <laughs> I'm like sort of like bent my neck, just like up looking like right. at the thing. Had like headphones. So like there was like plugged into the 3DS Hell as well. Yeah. So I got, got this like kind of like little mini laptop. I'm sort of like, just like clawing, just like trying mm. to play. It would have looked ridiculous, but um, yeah, that, that was a game that I definitely needed headphones for just like playing that and hearing. It's kind of like listening to a podcast the whole time. The yeah. characters like they're always talking yeah shut up like yeah Yeah. the reviews like everyone was like oh look i remember nintendo voice chat at the time they were pretty down on the game because the characters don't shut up and the controls suck i'm like oh really well i was really looking forward to this game and i get it i'm like it it was a really learning experience for me because now reviews say oh the characters keep talking i'm like oh good (laughs) yeah yeah i mean 
if the writing is good and the yeah. vocal performances are good, which for Kid Icarus it is, you know, like as long as that's that's all up to par, it's not like because it's not doing like Borderlands, for example, right? Where I, I like Borderlands actually yeah. quite a bit, but those characters also never shut up and it doesn't land always. Like no, yeah. in Borderlands, sometimes they say something that's a little cringy and you're like, all right, I'm a little sick of hearing the, of this character, yeah. right? It, um, yeah. In Kid Icarus, yeah. though, it's not like it's not like pre-baked, just like, oh, look at my gun. It's big. Right. It's just like, it is, a, it's back and forth dialogue the whole time and nothing's like, it's not just being repeated, it's been triggered as you're going throughout the level and like Hades, like the main bad guys, like taunting you, and the characters that are with you are like mm-hmm. chucking it back at him, and it's like it's great. It's so good, dude. And and like Dark Pit, Pitu, whatever you want to call him, his his theme and his little arc in the game is like so good. Like I just, I really, I really like the characters and like the the arc of the story. If and when that game comes out on Switch, like I said, I do think it's coming. I hope it's this year. Um, that like, I'm so eager for people to actually give that game a chance. Cause I think you'll see the narrative completely flip on that game where people are kind of like reductive of it. If it comes out like Skyward Sword, where like that game deserves another chance. It deserves another bite at the apple. You know, it's like those games were always good, but they have these little barriers. And so if you make it a little more traditional and appeal to more people and you get more people on board, I like, I firmly believe the second that game comes out on Switch, it's instantly a top five Switch game. Like just as it is. Like it's it is that strong. Wow, yeah. I, I love that game. It might be too. Yeah, because when like with the 3DS, I I get stuck between Mario 3D Land or or Link Between Worlds. Like Amazing between, games. Like Link Between yeah. Worlds. I'm like that might be it. But it, it wrestles with Kid Icarus, like, and it's so impressive that Kid Icarus, even like for us too, is is beating out or even fighting for that position against Mario and Zelda. Like, yeah. I, I I think that's such a special game, and I know who I can go and celebrate <laughs> once this port Hell gets yeah, announced with too, because like, yeah, a lot of people, um, like you know my my um old co-host Bryce as well, like he he loves the game just as much as me. So like, you know, it was kind of like it felt like us against everyone else. Is like, I don't know what the hell this game is. And like every now and again, <laughs> right. someone's just like, oh, "I got it," but I play like the first level and control like shit. I'm like, oh, "Please, just <laughs> just give, give it, it a, a chance, chance dude. Yeah. Just give it a second. Like that's a, everybody is so. It, it goes. We were saying this earlier too. Risk averse. Like everybody is so averse to something being a little left of center. Like just just do something that is a little uncomfortable for a second, and you'll you'll be surprised at how it becomes comfortable. Like if you just get yourself over that hill, just like take that 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 little bit of extra effort. Like I'm not convinced. I dude, I played this game on the all in YouTube channel called Give Me Toilet Paper, where you put a <laughs> Joy-Con and a toilet paper roll and you roll it around with like a piece of, you know, I used a cutting board. I'm rolling this toilet paper around and I had so much fun playing that game. And it's weird and obtuse and difficult. But like, if you just give it a chance to do something that's a little non-traditional, you can have some fun doing it, man. Like, yeah. I don't know. I, I that really, that really resonates with me. I like, you know. I mean, it's no surprise to make a show called Keep Nintendo Weird. Like, I, like I the like stuff. these kind of, <laughs> yeah. I, I like these things that demand a little bit more from the player, just a little teeny tiny bit more. If you can just, just give it a shot, dude. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's yeah, like, well, if it's not a third-person action game where I use my twin sticks and my, my yeah, triggers, I'm not interested. Are, yeah, I'm not interested. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and even like, even when you're like the the on-ground controls for for Kid Icarus, because I I look at Kid Icarus Uprising, and a lot of people are like, oh, well, they're not making any you know third-person action RPGs, and they're not making any like good Star Fox games. Like, well, Kid Icarus kind of has both, actually in in that game it kind of sw- it kind of switches between both you kind of get a little bit of both of those flavors in there uh and in a way that like feels good the game even has multiplayer people forget about that that game had multiplayer which was also really good yeah like it was everything in the kitchen sink it, it was the the typical sakurai design where it's like you can just have you can just have it all like why not like we we don't have to have limitations. It's just as feature rich as something like a like a Smash Ultimate, you know. That's just the Sakurai way. I I really I love that. Yeah, because people, a lot of people are still very much asking for a Star Fox. Where it's like, oh, Kid Icarus is what we should be asking for. I think. <laughs> I don't I think know. So, Uprising was so much better than any Star Fox game I've played. No offense, Star Fox. No offense to Star yeah. Fox, but. Yeah, not even close. Yeah, I completely wow. agree. Yeah, I, I hope. I, I really. I, there was rumors that Bandai Namco, I think, is like is like working on it, and I yeah. really, I really hope that's true, dude. Because I'm like, I can't wait to just like toot the horn for that game, and just like, I want everybody to play it. Like, if that comes a switch, all of you need to go out and and buy that and play it. Because man, it is a special game. I want another one so bad. So, oh god, me too. It's funny because, like, when a uh, Sakurai, um, you know, just with how big Smash Ultimate was, like, oh, Sakurai, go and go and take a holiday. Goodness gracious, well, <laughs> yeah. to- time's same up, same time. Time's up, yeah. Sakurai, come back. We need a we need you enough of a vacation, buddy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> come and make us another game, please. I just love his games. I just love he's he he's one of my favorite designers. I just love it. I I just really pick up what he's putting down. He he makes games that are even in the like context of Nintendo. He makes games that are really truly unique. And uh and you can tell when you're playing a Sakurai game, you can tell, you know, yeah. and there's a reason he's the one that's gone out and made his own game design YouTube channel. <laughs> you know, like it's and it's fa- it's been fascinating to watch that stuff. I love watching his YouTube channel too. I haven't caught up as much as I want. I've I've uh it's like the only YouTube channel I've rang the bell on. So I still yeah. get the notifications. I, I haven't, mm-hmm. haven't kept up with it as much as I would have liked, but it's just fascinating just with like how he's able to like put out the information just for like, you know, silly billies like us who like aren't yeah. game designers. So just super fascinating. And he's like, he's like the one of the personalities that's kind of left, like as far as like in the public light. We always used to be like, you know, obviously a water and Reggie and, yeah, Miyamoto. Miyamoto's not so much in the limelight now either. But yeah, it's um he was always one that was always exciting to see. So like, oh here he is. He's Sakurai. He's gonna give us something good. Totally. Here he is. Yeah. Yeah, well these these people are getting old. You know what yeah. I mean? Iwata sadly passed away and Miyamoto's like in his seventies, I think, at this point, and he or sixties mm. at least, and he's He's now like he's I think his title is like creative fellow or something like that. I mean, you know, these these guys are getting old. There's yeah. um and um 
Aonuma the same way. You know, a lot of these people who are kind of more public faces, the, uh, the, the, the shame for me is that Nintendo hasn't really in the modern age anyway, in my, in my view, hasn't really filled that gap, like filled what, like I would love, um, like we saw Doug Bowser at the game awards last year and I really liked seeing him. I was like, dude, like step in front of the camera more. Like I, I like you, like I like, I like you and your, and like your, your vibe and your personality. I think you're actually, I, I do like you just like show us more of you. Cause Reggie was so good about, about that, you know, and so many people still have such a fondness and love for Reggie. And like, we don't, you know, to your point, like these people have kind of either retired, passed away, sadly, or stepped away. And, uh, and that's just natural when you're following a company for as long as we've been following Nintendo, you're going to see changes like that. But like, I would love to see these people step up and like, and like kind of fill the void that, that these Titans have, have left. Yeah. You know? No, I, I certainly agree, but you can, you can imagine why they're not doing it. Like when Reggie became a part of Nintendo, they were just so hungry. They had one of the biggest competitors they've ever had with the PlayStation 2 mm-hmm. and they needed to be just come out full force. And they hired Reggie for that very reason. You know, he came out with that strong, um, you know, entrance at E3 2004, you know, really mm-hmm. sort of pushed the DS and what would become of the Wii. And, you know, just with uh, the current sort of uh, leadership there, they just, they don't need that. They're very much taking a step back and be like, all right, the product is speaking for itself and we will allow it to speak for itself. And it's it's sort of, uh, but that aspect is what brought them through the Wii U is just, that was so much fun to be a part of. Personality. It was so so much Mm -hmm. fun to be a part of their community, really. It was a small community where like, you know, they, their personalities came out whether it was like Bill Trinan or Reggie or Audrey Drake or just like any of them from like 10 of America and the developers and even like the E3 2014 I think that was really special because they really put like developer diaries and highlighted the developers behind the games so like um like even like Yoshi's Woolly World you saw like the developers behind them and it's like a developer diary showing like how they got the idea for the game and all that I thought it was really special but now it's just like you know is very much to the point. You're getting a Kirby game coming out next year. Cool. <laughs> and, right. Uh, yeah. I'm interested, like, if the next console, for example, isn't that successful. They don't have those personalities to lean back on because they don't have those relationships established with their customers anymore. So they got to make sure the product keeps uh, keeps rolling, hopefully. Yeah. And it's, and it's honestly probably just you know, the people like us who, who were there, like there, there's so many, it's easy to, to lose sight of like for as many hardcore people like you and I are, who have been with Nintendo for a long time, there are even more people who are just coming into it with the switch era and they don't necessarily know what they're missing. Like they don't necessarily like realize like, Oh, there was all of this before I got worked into it. So like, I think there's, we're, we're probably the vocal minority in this of course, case, of course, yeah. you know? So, yeah. <laughs> Isn't isn't that the most beautiful thing though? When you see someone's like, "Oh, I've gotten back into video games from the Switch." I know like, many people yeah. who have said that. Like, yep. um, Lockliff is one of them, isn't yep. she? Yeah, like mm-hmm. it's just, I I came across a YouTube channel. Like, he's a, he's a Nintendo collector. He's getting like a full Switch set, but he hasn't. He said he hadn't played video games for years and years. And you know, Breath of the Wild got him back into it, or Mario Odyssey got him back into it. I'm like that is so cool. 
I like, love you know, that. Like this is this is a seriously special era of Nintendo, and I think well, we forget that sometimes. Um, yeah. As much as we love it, we we still forget it. We're like, yeah, we, this we is get caught up in time. our own little in our own little worlds, and we get hyper fixated on you know this or that. We forget that, like, yeah, this is this is a really magical time to to be a Nintendo fan, and like, I'm I'm kind of like mm. I'm at this place <laughs> where I'm I'm like. That the gravy train's got to stop. I sometime, knew that was going to come. Yeah, <laughs> right. It it has to stop eventually. It's yeah. not going to be this way forever. So I'm just kind of like, I know it's going to. I know it's going to at one point come to a screeching halt. But for now, we. <laughs> oh no! Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. hopefully they keep it coming. We'll keep playing. Yeah. Oh, we're gonna. Yeah, we'll we'll be here regardless till the wheels fall off, dude. Yeah. Well. <laughs> We're all there during the Wii U and the wheels were pretty much off. So, you know, we'll, we'll yeah. sat on the cart, just uh, sit in the middle of the field, be like, Yeah, Reggie. We, were, we were trying to, <laughs> Reggie, <laughs> please help us out, dude. Good so don't worry. I got a uh, Nintendo Entertainment System classic Look, you can buy. <laughs> if we can if we can make it through the Wii U, we can make it through anything. We We truly can. Yeah. <laughs> we can buy your products through anything. Don't you worry about the Nintendo. <laughs> we'll keep you afloat. Yeah, yeah. The, the 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 coffers will never truly run dry. You got people like us. We'll do it. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I think to myself, like, have I gone too far? It's like, no, no. It's it's, the, it's, it's the others that are wrong. I'm doing the right thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, or we're wrong together. I mean, whatever. Mm. You know. So like, I even it out. I bought a lot of shit on PlayStation too. I've got their Pro controller. I've got their. I've got, I've got a bunch of useless shit on that side too. They use itself <laughs> out. I've got a couple of Xboxes as well. Hey, it all it all works out in the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Well, Seth, I better not uh, take any more of your time. I uh, really do appreciate you coming on the show. It was a lot of fun. This is my first. So fun, dude. It's one of my first um, times having anyone on the house of Murray for a long time, and I'm I'm really glad to bring it back. Um, it's nice to have some social <laughs> social conversations. Hell yeah. R- rather yeah. than talking just to myself in the middle of the paddock. Something a bit different, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Different vibe. No, it's, it's been a blast, dude. I, I actually, like, recently, I was like, good God, we've been going for that long. I mean, the, the time has flown by. Like, I, I, I've really, I really, really enjoyed oh, this. It's been yeah. great. I'm just looking at the cannon now. Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is a long, this is probably one of the longer episodes of The House Smart. That's what happens when you invite me on. I go and go. Yeah, I get a bit of all in flavor. Nice, uh, yeah, you get a little nice bit length. of that. Yeah, get, <laughs> getting into all in length, dude. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah, guys, really recommend going and checking out Seth's work at All In over on YouTube, podcast services, as well as Carpool Gaming. There's multiple shows over there as well. But, Seth, I'm sure you can um, outlay it better than I can. Where can they go and find you, mate? Oh my gosh. I, uh, <laughs> oh God, yeah. where's the list? <laughs> where, where do I go from here? Yeah. I, um, yeah. All in a Nintendo podcast. Uh, you can, you can find that on YouTube podcast services. Um, you can find keep Nintendo weird the, the same way, which I is kind of like catches catch can with that show. Uh, I haven't had an episode in a couple of months, but I am keying up some episodes for, for the near future. So Stay tuned for for that with KNW. Um, and then yeah, Carpool Gaming, the Nintendo Drive. I'm on there. See me pop up on some of the other Carpool Gaming podcasts, do a lot of Patreon exclusive content for both All In and Carpool. And uh on Carpool's YouTube as well. I, I do I do a lot of stuff. Yeah. 
you'll find me two dollar hero on twitter you'll uh you'll you'll find all that stuff i'm usually yelling about stuff on the internet <laughs> no you're not yelling you're having a nice little conversation you know like, ah. try <laughs> yeah yeah try, try not to try not to be too uh crazy about it i guess but i can be excitable certainly you know so yeah just classic yeah. nintendo fan eh? just too excitable like a giddy little kid i know how you feel <laughs> too, too giddy dude but, I, but no i really do i really do appreciate this man it was super super fun to uh to get to just hang out and and, and sit in this pocket for a while and i feel like we've really run the gamut here in this conversation we've talked about like a lot of so we got to we did, really yeah. have like a nice tears of the kingdom conversation nostalgia a little kid icarus in there a little businessy talk in there we uh we we talked about everything, dude. I, I really I really value this. This was this was nice. Yeah, this was awesome. Um I dare say it won't be the last time either. We'll have to do it again. I I think so. I think yeah. perhaps we should. <laughs> perhaps. Perhaps, yes. <laughs> but um mum's come in, she said, Boys, turn off the lights, it's time to go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> and and of course that means not really go to bed. You just, you know, continue to stay up. But but yes. Yeah, just put the game on the covers totally turn, oh turn off God. the light on yeah. the game Boy advance sp so yeah hey, i'm in bed i can't set the game but i'm playing it <laughs> yeah uh, sorry mom yeah not sorry mom i never, <laughs> I never got caught by my mom um, playing game boy i remember <laughs> i remember playing um those do you remember those digimon tamagotchis do you ever Dig- oh yeah 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 it's like a digivice and mm. uh <laughs> this is the antidote before I, before we head off but there was the ones where you got to shake, like you shake it to like walk. And oh, go, yes. And you go on your journey throughout the land of Digimon or whatever. And I remember I borrowed one off of a friend and I spent all night shaking it. And in hi- <laughs> in hindsight, it's like, hmm, a little bit strange. What's going on in Drew's bedroom? I just hear shaking <laughs> right. all night. And I imagine if somebody walked in and they just saw like that that motion. Under the covers too. Under the, under the yeah. covers, like what's going on there? Yeah, a little bit strange. Well, yeah, in hindsight, I was probably too young. I wasn't. I didn't hit puberty boys at that stage. Boys. Yeah, boys, 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 will be boys, boys, true. Yep, shaking, yeah. shaking their Digimon's in in their bed, eh? Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, I, I haven't thought about that in a long time, dude. That was a Ratatouille moment. I was like, whoa. I have. I I do remember those. I mean, just yeah, Tamagotchi in general. I remember that was a big thing. Yeah, yeah. I think that was my like gateway into Game Boy, even into nintendo over into video games so very appreciative of the old digimon tamagotchi thanks bandai yeah thanks appreciate that yeah man those are good memories sakurai made something like that he was talking about that on his youtube channel oh, that dope. like beetle tamagotchi thing that he made oh really no, interesting i don't really know anything better yeah. they're gonna have a look look into that it's, it's really cool i forget what it's called it was japan only but he made um it's like a beetle fighting game like a tamagotchi like raise a beetle and it, it was like this little beetle shaped Tamagotchi like thing with a screen on it. And then you would take it and like fight your friend's beetles. It was not nice. Cool. <laughs> it's like Digimon, but like bugs. Yeah. Yeah. But like rhinoceros beetles and stuff. It's kind of neat. Yeah. So I wish I was still around. Oh, I used to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah. Anyway, better go. Yeah. Like I said, mom said, uh, go, go to bed, boys. Yeah. Sorry, mom. Everybody, the doors are closed. Catch you later. Bye-bye. The House of Mario is recorded in the southeast of South Australia. 
A massive shout out to those who support me at the Patreon mega tier at patreon.com slash idruby. Brendan Myers, Oliver Chaston, Samuel Hay, DJ, and Lemonade. Thank you.